We're live, pal. Here we go. Florida State dominates North Alabama after a slow start, but the Seminoles suffer a devastating loss in the process. Michigan keeps winning, but something just isn't feeling quite the same in Ann Arbor lately. Georgia shows again, it's not going to easily be replaced at the top. A big paycheck goes to New Mexico State this week as they come in and embarrass Hugh Freeze, not for the first time, but for the second year in a row. Washington keeps winning close games and Oregon keeps smashing everybody they face. Oh yeah, I guess Alabama's been doing okay too. Andrew, we're looking forward to rivalry week this week. What's on your mind? Well, Terry, you really teed that up nicely because as a reminder, the greatest of all time has lost 29 games at the University of Alabama. He is 11-5 in Iron Bowls. And the dumbest decision Nick Saban ever made in a game not to cover the field goal came in an Iron Bowl. So I will give you that. But don't bait me, Terry, thinking that you're going to get me to go ranting early because we've got a lot of show to talk about today. So I'm going to behave, but I'm going to remind you and all of our listeners of one simple truth about college football. Alabama wins again are still your three most hated words. There's some truth in that. And yes, we've won five against him. I did figure out that LSU was also won five against him. I was not aware that they were at the same level we were. But I guess they did get an extra game because they played twice one year. So, you know, we still got the percentage against them. Why don't we get started a little bit with um, a little bit of sad news, honestly, uh, and head down to um, Tallahassee. So I watched a lot of this mm. game, and um, I'll give you a little bit of the reason I watched a lot of this game. I was born in Florence, Alabama. That is home to the University of North Alabama. Um, and, um, you know, there, there's a lot of pride in that for for locals there. And um, it, it's a pretty – at the Division II level, it's a, it's a pretty important city. You know, they uh, six years ago decided to to bump up to Division One. It's been a struggle, obviously, but um, it was pretty cool seeing them um, in a in a national game uh, playing against Florida State in Tallahassee. That's pretty crazy. And uh, you know, at the beginning, they um, they did a couple of things at the beginning and took a lead. But man, it's one of those games like we always talk about. These good teams, they'll flip a switch. And um, and Florida State just dominated, even with um, Travis getting injured. And that's that's the devastating thing I was talking about earlier. Jordan Travis out for the season with a pretty pretty rough looking injury. Um, you know Tate Rotomaker, I guess is his name, uh, came in, had a pretty good game. It wasn't he's no Travis, but. Um, you know, they were playing North Alabama, so obviously there's a talent gap there, and they um, they put it on them in the second, third, and fourth quarters and ended up winning 58-13. Yeah, no way, shape, or form did anybody think North Alabama, with or without Travis, was going to win this game. 
Unfortunately, and this is going to speak a lot to what we're going to talk about today. Terry and I released just a little peek behind the curtain, as some of our favorite podcast hosts would tell you. Terry and I release our top 10 on Sundays, most of the time. Terry has a spreadsheet. He's a nerd. He loves that stuff. Excel is his best friend. Then Terry Excel things. He likes it. He can do all your formulas for you, and he doesn't even charge. But uh, in all seriousness, we put it together. I, I sent it to Terry early, and I sent it to Terry with this message. I said, let's give him something to talk about. And my give him something to talk about was I dropped both Michigan and Ohio State, or excuse me, Michigan and Florida State out of the top five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the reason for that we'll get to on Michigan – but Florida State, unfortunately, without Travis, is not the the same team. They don't have the ability to do the same things. And we felt like with Travis, they were going to beat Florida. Might be a close game, but they were going to beat Florida. And then the Louisville game looked like with Travis, it was going to be a, a win. Now, I personally think those two games are in severe jeopardy. The Florida game, and of course, we know they're going to the ACC championship game. You're going to ask a new quarterback to play SEC-level talent and then to go play ACC-level talent. Again, like Terry said, no offense to North Alabama, this is not the University of Florida Gators, and it's certainly not Louisville right now. Um, so with Travis out, part of the reason I voted Florida State down is without him, they're no longer the number four team in the country, um, the way I see it. And there's a couple of teams that have gotten hot, and started to deliver, and we're going to expound upon that. But as Terry said, we had a lot of fun watching Florida State this year. The game with Clemson um, stands out. The game with LSU stands out. And Jordan Travis was a big part of both of those big games. And unfortunately, his season ended. Officially today, he said he was done with college football. That came out on ESPN. But anybody that saw the injury where his ankle did a 180 – we uh we all were fairly certain that that was ball game, you know. Um, so our our heartfelt uh, condolences isn't the right word, but uh, uh, uplifting for him because we really had a good time watching him. A great quarterback, probably has a pretty bright future in the three letters that pay money. Um, but he's gonna have to rehab now, and that that injury was, I mean, that was a bad injury. So. Hopefully he can bounce back from it. Florida State looking to Florida this week. And uh, back in the 90s, these games always garnered attention for the wrong reasons. Um, I think even in the early 2000s, they garnered attention for the wrong reasons. But um, I think Florida State still has the superior team. And I think Florida State wins this one. But without Jordan Travis at the helm and the controls – you're asking a backup quarterback to step into playoff football. Now, ironically enough, it worked for Ohio State when they had three quarterbacks that all went to the NFL, and the third-string quarterback ends up leading them to the national championship. Um, and I believe they beat Alabama that year in the semifinals and went on to beat Oregon for the national championship. But uh, anyway... It uh, it does matter that that if you don't that backup quarterback in that situation, you're asking him to play playoff football right now, for the lack of a better way to say it. And uh, um, I still think, though, with the wide receivers back in the defense, the Florida State's got 
got a lot in the tank, Terry. I just, yeah. I don't think they're good enough to win a national championship. So, yeah, so uh, this is going to be, uh, give a little insight into our process a little bit. We, we did disagree on this a little bit, and obviously we disagree on logic of some things. We agree on other logic of things. It's kind of funny that you and I agree on some logic, and it seems like everybody else on the Internet disagrees with us. But for this one, we did disagree. Um, I left Florida State at four. Um, I want to, I know, and here's part of the process for me. Um, And it is kind of situational. To me, Florida State is where they are. Um, Obviously, they were playing North Alabama. So it's not, it's not that litmus test for putting in the backup quarterback and seeing how he is. But I know that they have them coming up. So um, I felt like I will go ahead and leave them where they are, and I will let Florida and Louisville tell me how good they are and if they need to drop. So that was my logic. Uh, Your logic obviously is we know that Jordan Travis is a star. Um, I don't think either one is wrong. Um, And if, you know, if this were Texas – and all of a sudden we knew that Ewers were out for the season, it might be different because I don't feel like Texas has those games to test. You know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like, you know, with with Michigan and Ohio State, I felt like that also where, you know, I can be a little bit safer here with Michigan and Ohio State because I know they're about to play each other, you know, or Michigan was about to play Penn State. Obviously, we'll get into some logic of Michigan that's kind of difficult, too. That's another one that's difficult right now. But I'm leaving Florida State at four. They did drop a little bit in our poll because Andrew dropped them down. But I think the logic here is I left them up to see if Florida and Louisville proved that they need to be pulled down. Andrew dropped them. But I know that if they go dominate Florida and Louisville, he's going to pull them right back up. So it's just which side of that are you on? And I think it balances out to where we put them. I think they ended up at five. I don't know. I'd have to scroll way down. I would have to scroll way down in the show notes to see that. So I'm not going to do it. But um, I think that's where they are right now. Um, Yeah, we'll see. There's plenty of opportunity in the next couple of weeks to really see what Florida State can be with uh, a backup quarterback in the game. It's a big moment for him, and one that hopefully they've getting him ready for this week. Um, Florida, you know, is going to bring it. So uh, make no mistake about it, Florida will bring everything that they've got for this game. Now, their quarterback also suffered an injury. Um, well, let's go ahead and go to can... that game and talk about that. I was going to say because um, we need to we need to put it in reverse, Terry. We got to talk about Louisville. No, but, we uh, don't have to do know. that quite yet. I mean, there's these three games. I kind of I kind of relate to each other. It feels like every week we start talking about something, and I'm like, we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. We're still working but, on how uh, to do this thing. But um, but the, yeah, Florida, I, I heard Missouri, a nickname. Miss- so Missouri. Ooh. Missouri wins this 33 to 31 on the last second field goal. Now, this one was only 31 yards. You know, when they beat Kansas State, it was a 61 yard kick. And I heard a great nickname. I don't know if this is very common. You know, we've already been fooled by this Como thing with Missouri. We didn't know about that. Apparently, that's a thing. 
but I heard the nickname Thicker Kicker. And I think that is brilliant. So Harrison Mavis. It's tremendous. Four of four for field goals. He kicked the game winner. You know, they got the offense got him down. So it was just a 31 yarder. And I'm sitting here thinking he's probably going to miss the 31 yarder when he when he nailed the 61 yarder. But he proved me wrong. He nailed it. They win 33 31. Florida has put themselves in a situation they need to beat Florida State to go to a bowl game. And that's not a very good situation this year. I don't care if there is a backup quarterback. Well, and their backup quarterbacks out, as we talked about, it appears yeah. to be, what did you say, broken collarbone. So Some, I don't. Um, they didn't say the word broken, which is kind of weird. The only uh, injury I ever hear is a broken collarbone. I just, I just yeah. heard that it's a collarbone. maybe? <laughs> How do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look that up later. But you know, Mertz is out. Uh, Travis is out. So somebody called it the backup bowl. So we'll see what happens. It should be good. You know, if, you know, we've seen a really crappy Florida team this year. I feel we've seen a really good Florida team at times. Not often, but once in a while. And um, Well, the Tennessee game and obviously yeah. this game. But here, here's the thing that stands out. Missouri had no turnovers. Florida had two. Mm-hmm. But it looks like um, you got a little bit of time of possession in favor of Florida, almost seven minutes. Yeah. But their their offense was about even. Missouri just converted more on less opportunity. Yeah. Um, I guess so. From that standpoint, um, I didn't watch much of this. I'll be honest, because I thought Missouri was going to run away with. They played great against right. Georgia. They played really good Especially against at Tennessee. Home. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that this one, the way Florida's been playing, I'm like, oh, well, that dumpster fire down south, they, you know, they're not going to do nothing to Missouri, and this is the game they play up for. So really interesting that way as well, Terry. Um, yeah, the funny thing about yeah. Missouri, if you look at Missouri's stats, they, they, have, they have a handful of guys that dominate the stats. So they, they had 508 yeah. offensive yards. Brady Cook, the quarterback, threw for 331 and one touchdown. Cody Schrader, who's been going off, had 148 rushing yards and a touchdown. Luther Burden, the third, 158 yards receiving. I mean, they don't get anybody else involved but these two guys in the offense. But they are getting it done. And the thicker kicker. Don't disrespect the, the thicker, thicker kicker, kicker, Terry. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he was four for four. That's yeah. 12 points anywhere in America, folks. For those of you who are, yeah, I did that right. I about psyched myself out. <laughs> yeah, that's 12 points anywhere in America. But, uh, no, Missouri's going to get a bowl game. They're going to get a good bowl game, I think. Yeah. Obviously, Florida is going to get a new head coach. I know they have not fired Billy Napier yet. <laughs> but but it's I promise if they go five and seven and Florida state with the backup quarterback blows them out, bye-bye Billy. Cause you're, I mean, they're going to fire him 30 minutes after the game is over. Um, so well, I feel like um, this is the time to do it because, you know, Texas A&M did it because yeah. we got Texas and Oklahoma coming in. You, you don't want to get behind the eight ball in your timeline. You want to say, you know, this league is about to change drastically. And if I wait another year to get going in the right direction, there's a lot of teams that are going to be way ahead of me. 
And um, it's going to be tough. I, like I've said, I'm so excited about 2024. Um, I think I'm probably going to go to the Oklahoma-Auburn game next year. I mean, I don't know if they've ever even played each other. But um, that's one game I want to go to. I promised you that we're going to Tuscaloosa, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> see I'm if he hoping, gives that promise back, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we will, but, I mean, it, it may be the worst weekend of my life. We'll see. But uh, we'll talk about the reason for that later. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to get really exciting. And there there's some teams that are going to figure out, are we happy? Are we satisfied with the direction we're going right now? Do we have time to give it one more year? And, you know, multiple teams have said no. Arkansas said yes. Arkansas apparently is saying they're keeping their guy. Um, so I don't know where that we goes. Both thought, we both speculated last week he could be on that hot seat because yeah. they're so inconsistent. They beat Florida. They play Bama close, and then they get blown out, you know. Um, right. it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, There's a Pittman's lot of inconsistent back. teams. Pittman's, Pittman's back at Arkansas. But one thing I saw, Terry, that I it didn't register right away, like when we're talking football, but I just happened to read an article today that said the other thing they said is once the uh, regular season ends, it's transfer portal time. It is. This isn't just – this just isn't who's going to bowl games and who's going to the draft and who's doing this. Now you've got the transfer portal because you want your players in place by spring practice. So to your point about these coaches pulling the trigger, they're trying to get it done as quickly as possible, although yeah. I don't think the Aggies have announced a head coach yet. I know that um, – I know we had a guy retweet to, his school and he his location <laughs> – was Starkville, was Mississippi. <laughs> Starkville, Mississippi. That was a Liberty um, coach, by the way. He retweeted a he retweeted the Liberty um, athletic department announcement, but his location was Starkville, Mississippi, and that is just fantastic. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. But uh, you know, on this uh, again on the Florida team, I think they had. I think they end up with a new coach. Um, if Saban doesn't retire, that leaves Kelly and Kirby and Saban and Josh Heifel and Durkowitz at Missouri. Um, and of course, you're bringing in Venables at Oklahoma and Stark from Texas. Yeah, there's a lot of really good, experienced coaches. That's who I just, I mean, and then you've got Durkowitz, obviously, he's got the program turning. Um, but you, you start talking about everyone, but him that I mentioned has that higher level experience playing in big games. Yeah. Florida needs a big name coach to bring big names back to the university. And, um, like I said, Napier, I don't have anything against the guy, right? but Florida, Florida, when Spurrier came to town, they apparently forgot that they never lost a football game. Or at least that's what they wanted. Or they 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 remembered they never lost a football game. I said it backwards, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> they had amnesia about all the games they lost previous, right. and all they didn't matter because they were in the top five, and it was Spurrier and the Fun and Gun and all that stuff. Well, then Spurrier left, and they get Zook, wasn't it? Ron Zook or whatever, and then Urban and Urban wins, and then Urban leaves amid scandal and. You look at his 2008 national champions, nobody should have beat that team, 
But then you look at the criminality on the team with Pastor Tebow holding. There's a lot of scandal at the gate. I mean, they did. They got a documentary about it, right? So, I mean, plenty of scandal down there for the Gators. But my point is, they they did, and then they got Muschamp, and they had a good couple seasons, but he wasn't able to sustain it. So, my point is, Florida needs a program builder that can bring back that you know Florida football team because right now they're going to be losing, and like you said and we talked about it last week, and we don't have to beat that dead horse, bringing new teams into the conference is only going to make it much more difficult in terms of recruiting, it in is. terms of, of um, monetarily, in terms of winning football games. All of that all of a sudden matters when you're starting to make changes and adjustments both financially as well as scheduling you know, actual playing. So anyway, I don't want to beat that dead horse. Florida has a big challenge this week. And I don't know that they're up for it. I think they will be because it's Florida State. But it may be one of those things where they come out hot and then Florida State cools them down, you know, just settles into the game. Because that's what North Alabama did. Even when, you know, I mean, Travis was not having a good first quarter. The offense was not doing what they needed to do. Right. Um but they made those adjustments, and they did what a much better team's going to do, and that's win the ball game. And like you said, Terry, fifty-eight thirteen isn't—we're not getting excited because North Alabama scored thirteen points. Nobody really thought that was a game. The yeah. consequences is the loss of the quarterback. That's ultimately what mattered out of that whole game. Um, that and you saw people you know play in the football game, so that's yeah. And cool. I'll, I'll but, mention uh, that I'll throw a name out there: Kobe Warden. He was um. He's a slot receiver mostly. Um, he returns punts. He returns kickoffs. He had a twenty-eight yard run against Florida State. You know he's got he's got several touchdowns. He's got a lot of yards in his career. He, I think he's a junior. Um, but you know, a twenty-eight yard run against Florida State. I would be bragging about that to my grandkids later. I don't care if we got our butts kicked. I had a 28-yard run against Florida State. Who can say that crap? I mean, good for him. I mean, proud of that guy. Um, I went to high school with his dad. His dad was kind of a speed guy, center fielder, you know. But um, obviously, he's got that. Uh, he's got that speed, too, and probably a little bit more than his dad. But um, proud to see some names that I recognized out there. And, you know, Auburn is my team. Obviously, from a Division One standpoint, um, you know FBS, but um, you know it, it's my it's it's the place I was born. I'm very very accustomed to that team, and and um, it's good to see them um, having a little bit of notoriety and a little bit of a paycheck. I'm sure you know that the amount of that paycheck wasn't thrown around as much as the Auburn paycheck, and we'll get to that later. <laughs> But um, good to see them um, get on TV like that, and, and um, even if it was a whipping. But let's um, yeah. let's travel. Let's see. We went out of order, like you said. Let's travel to Miami, Louisville, and Miami, baby. And we Go got Louisville and Miami, and we were talking about Florida State, but um, Louisville. You know, Louisville's that team that probably doesn't get the credit. You know, they're not getting talked about a lot. They got the one loss. Um, but a 38-30 win, 38-31 win at Miami, and Louisville's headed to a showdown with Florida State. And um, 
you know, it's looking pretty good for them, obviously, um, with a backup quarterback in for the rest of the season for Florida State. But Louisville, um, you know, a good game, a good game there, and they uh, they beat Miami. Miami is another one of those teams. They look like garbage one week. They look good the next week. It's hard to tell. Consistently mediocre. That's how I describe yeah. Miami. They're my favorite football team to hate on of all time, other than Me Ohio too. State. And I got no real so, reason to hate Miami, other than college football hates Miami. They don't have a real – okay, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead. They don't have a real college football atmosphere. I mean, if I had to make a top 10 of teams that I just don't understand how you can be a fan of them, Miami is number one. I just don't understand how anybody can be a fan of the Miami Hurricanes. You know, I, I come from Auburn. It's a small southern town. The university is all there is there. It is, it is gorgeous. You know, it, it's a beautiful campus. Miami is in Miami, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a city on the beach or whatever it it's, they don't think about their college football team. Who cares? So, you know, obviously I'm not a huge Miami fan. <laughs> Especially since they haven't won the national championship since the nineties. Uh, so I guess Dorsey and company 2001, he just got fired by the way from the Buffalo bills, Ken Dorsey, who led Miami to the, uh, Oh, one national championship uh, against Nebraska and played in the O2 against Ohio State. But anyway, Louisville, they're ready. They're ready to they're ready to go ahead and end Florida State season. I don't know that they will. Um, they're that team that I think punches down a little bit. Sometimes they got to make it interesting. If you check out the box score here, Terry, it took them scoring 15 in the fourth to win this football game. So yeah. uh, um, Miami and obviously Jeff Brom is very good coach. He, he came out of uh, Purdue. The Boilermakers took them to the Big Ten Championship last year, where they did get smoked by Michigan. Um, but that's what happens when you're the representative of the West. You're going to get smoked by the best team in the East. So, um, but anyway, Brom Brom's done a great job. But I, I think I think the biggest thing is if they don't fold under that moment. Um, and it's been a while for Florida State, too, but I can't tell you the last time Louisville football, um, not aside from the quarterback at Baltimore, who won the Heisman, uh, yeah. whose name escapes me. But um, anyway, Lamar Jackson, thank you. Yes. I got it. But anyway, Lamar Jackson, but I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time Louisville was a top five football team or anything like that or had a chance to, you know, I know Lamar right. was exciting to watch. He was fun and all that stuff, but I don't if the, I mean it's just like watching Robert Griffin the third. Baylor wasn't playing for a national championship, you know, not not at that point in time. So my thoughts on this game are for um Louisville and and um Florida State, they both get one rep before the game. I think Florida State, Florida, Kentucky and Miami or Kentucky and Louisville pretty even matchup and what they're going right. to see from a physicality stuff. So this isn't a cream puff game before we go to the championship game. Right. Um, I think, I think though Louisville has more to, to gain by playing a physical defense like uh, Kentucky, because it'll give them that same sort of speed. They're going to see pass rush. They're going to see 
maybe some blitzes they're going to see from Florida State because Florida State's going to have to have some defensive help to beat Louisville for the ACC title. Hell, they might need some defensive help to beat Florida in the rivalry game. That I'm not sure of. But um, as for Louisville and Kentucky, I don't know if you put this one on the pick'em or not. I don't know how this is much of a rivalry this is. I don't remember clearing benches and fist fights for this one, right. Terry. But uh, I, I think Louisville's got the more complete football team. I think they win this one close. Again, don't know if this was one of our pickems or not, but uh, I think it they will win be. close. And I'll re, I'll reiterate. Yeah, that. we'll Louisville we'll go back to it, it later. Honestly, my opinion on it is, and this is not, you know, one of the coach. I guess the NC State coach took this as a criticism. Uh, not too yeah, long Dan, ago. Dan Dorian. Yeah, or but, Dave Dorian. Dave Dorian. But to me, I think it would almost benefit Louisville and Kentucky to play at the beginning of the season because these are two very good basketball schools. And if you take that football rivalry and move it to the start of the season, you've got all the focus in the state of Kentucky on that game. Right now, sure. There's people paying attention to it, but Kentucky basketball started. Louisville basketball started already. That is a bigger thing in Kentucky. You know, that might be the only state in the whole country that is that way, but basketball is bigger than football there. And, um, you know, if they moved this to a different – before basketball started, I think it would be a bigger deal. Just and it's a fair point. It's a fair point because you see different sorts of rivalries like that. I know South Carolina plays Clemson, but they always play North Carolina in yeah. the first two or three games of the season. So um, you you see similar similar things like that. Also, I don't know that cross conference play is the right thing in the final games of the year. I, yeah. I don't. Now I get that you want to have Miami and and uh, or excuse me, uh, Florida and Florida State. And I get that you want to have um, your games like, uh, I Georgia, guess, Kentucky, Georgia Louisville, Georgia, Georgia Tech, you and know, Virginia, one more. Virginia Tech. Clemson, South it, Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I get that. I do. I really do. Um, but if you're in the different conference and it's conference play leading up to, then I don't know that it's the right thing to do. I don't think moving them to the front of the season hurts anything. Honestly, I mean, what difference does it make on and we'll get to Georgia, but what difference does it make if they play Georgia Tech at the beginning of the year or the end of the year? If I'm Georgia Tech, I probably want them at the beginning of the year because hopefully they're not as good as they're going to be by the end of the year when they, you know, when they That's when to get them exactly. It's just like and we'll talk about we'll talk about Texas Alabama and that was a very well-timed game. I know that'll piss some people off, but um it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, and, and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's got a big, a big implications that we'll talk to about, talk to about it, but I think we got Louisville. I think we got Florida state. I think we've got, uh, um, Miami and, and Florida and all of them figured out. I don't have anything to add necessarily Terry, because again, the Louisville Kentucky game isn't must see television for me. Right. Now it might be a good football game, which is why I'll watch it. But, like, I'm not invested emotionally or personally in the whole rivalry aspect of that particular football game. So, um, anyway, I'm moving on from from them. Let's go to Georgia. 
I was going to say, here we go. <laughs> Did I cut you off at the wrong time there? No, you're perfect. Go dogs. So, um, yeah, man, I'll tell you what. Jalen Wright oof. starts the game off with a big-time run for a touchdown. Tennessee gets their hopes up, and uh, nothing else happened after that that was very good for Georgia uh, for Tennessee except for a field goal in the second quarter. And uh, Georgia just puts it on 38-10. to 10. Um, total yards, 472 to 277. Um, and, um, you know, they held them under 150 yards passing. It's um, it's not a great day for Tennessee. The stat that stuck out to me, Terry, 40 minutes, 58 seconds time yes. of possession for Georgia. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, for those of you playing along at home, as I like to say, that, that is two to one. That is two-thirds of the entire football game that Georgia possessed the ball. Now, for those of our fans that may not appreciate or care about time of possession, particularly if you ever watched Chip Kelly, it only took him 90 seconds to score, and it was something beautiful, believe me. But he never cared about time of possession. What he cared about was total possessions. So there is a difference. But when you're playing a defensive line of Georgia's that averages, I believe, 289, you're playing that linebacker core. You're playing those corners and safeties. And then on the flip side, you're playing the 312-pound line average. You're playing a quarterback who is getting confident. You're playing Georgia football, which means it's running by, back by committee, which means they're all fresh. I mean, I, I get it that, you know, they run and they get tackled and they get beat up a little bit. But there are three running backs at the, at the University of Georgia that could start for any team in the country. And they all just happen to back each other up. So, uh, again, first play from scrimmage, Tennessee comes out, 75-yard touchdown. We all thought, like Terry said, for about a minute that this was going to be a game. And then here comes Kirby doing his adjustments, and the next thing you know, Georgia was up, and they never looked back. Um, probably left some points on the field, honestly, but 40 minutes time of possession, there's nothing that either of those – lines can do offensively or defensively for Tennessee and and I have said it over and again I respect admire very much like Josh Heifel think he's a great football coach somebody who can come up with a play on the fly like him is somebody that can be valued in these particular games and situations everything he threw at Georgia they had an answer for and and that this is the Georgia team I do not regret for one minute saying I would not vote Georgia down until they lost. Yeah. And then we started seeing this Georgia team playing <laughs> half-ass football, and I had to say, well, let me put it in reverse because they're getting voted down. But the Georgia team we saw play Missouri, the Georgia team we've seen play Tennessee, the Georgia team that we saw play Ole Miss, and yeah. God bless them, Georgia Tech, you're going to need everything you got because this Georgia right. team is the team. This is a team, as somebody said on football this week, Terry, it might have been McAfee. This is a team that understands they can Mm three-peat. It's not that they can three-peat because obviously they've already won two. It's that this team really has the capability to three-peat. Right. So my opinion, Georgia's the best team in football. It's not close at this point. Yeah, and we both put them there again. I put them back up there after this weekend. I'll talk about my Michigan logic later. Michigan's a real confusing team at the moment. But I think Tennessee is a good example 
of how there's the cream of the crop in the SEC. And then there's, you know, I talk about the gob of teams, a, a ton of teams in the middle. There is a fine line in the SEC, and there has been for a long time, of being at the top or at the bottom. Tennessee has found themselves getting dominated by multiple teams. And it's one of those things where you're close to be in that team and your fans believe you're that team, and then you just get dominated. And it doesn't take much. One or two guys, you lose one or two guys, and you're looking for more because there's so much talent on some of these teams that once they get going on you, they're not going to hold off. And Georgia did not score in the fourth quarter, and they scored 38. So, like you said, they left some points on the field. Well, and the other thing, and you and I both know it, Terry, is look who they lost to in such convincing fashion. Georgia, Alabama, Mm -hmm. Missouri. Right. Because Missouri, don't get it twisted, Missouri owned Tennessee. Yeah. Owned them 100%. So what we might be seeing is the rise of Missouri. You know, Durkowitz has those guys playing, and he got them playing at a high level. And taking a nine-point loss to Georgia isn't a bad beat in anybody's universe. You know, so... Um, and they then they bounce back and they won and they won and they keep winning. And so they're probably the number two team in the East. And then you got Tennessee and then you got Florida, you know, maybe. I don't know because it ain't Vandy. We know it ain't Vandy. Um, <laughs> but everybody understands what we're saying. Tennessee is getting beat by the best teams in the SEC at some point. You have to beat those teams. If you want to play in Atlanta the first week of December, you have to beat those teams. Because you're going to either see one of them in Atlanta or you're going to get left out in the cold starting next year when you're in the three spot and not the one or two spot. Yeah, it gets harder. And, I mean, I think it's better for the fans, the way they're changing formats, because, you know, we don't have a – like. I guess the Big Ten's the best example of this this year, right? Because they got Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, the three best teams in the league in one division. And um, I was just going to get waxed. And that's yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who of those three they draw, and we know it's going to be Michigan or Ohio State. And that really doesn't matter because Penn State already goose egged them. It was twenty nine yeah. to zero. And that game wasn't 29 to 0 close. It was more like 50 to 0 because right. again, you're talking about Iowa and Penn State, two very good defenses. Mm-hmm. Penn State put 29 on Iowa's defense. Right. Um I would expect Michigan and we we're going to have to talk about them here in a minute. I let me so I'll hold that thought. Ohio State I would expect to put 40 on Iowa. Yeah. Because they are finally got it kind of clicking and figured out, you know. Harrison's going to get double covered by Iowa if it's Ohio State that wins uh, the the game with Michigan and moves on to the Big Ten. But uh, I think there's no way Iowa can keep up, particularly on the with the defenses both of those teams bring. There's no way that they can keep up and score enough points to win a Big Ten title. There's just, this isn't a you're not talking about a seven to three affair. Or a three to six, or a nine to twelve, or a uh, hell, even a, a thirteen to six or seven or whatever. You get what I'm saying, Terry? Mm-hmm. 
that game, those those offenses are much more capable. The problem for Iowa is they've got better defenses too. And that's that's the really scary part, particularly if Michigan's humming on all cylinders. But I well, really I mean, like, let's go ahead and dive into that. We can go back to the other SEC games, but Ohio State with a thirty-seven to three win over Minnesota this week. I mean, you you're speaking about those teams having great defenses. Ohio convincing. State's one of them. I mean, one hundred and fifty-nine total yards for Minnesota this week. Uh, it's just domination. They they only ran for seventy, threw for eighty-nine. I mean. That's um and and they had the ball 28-38. So it's not like they didn't have the ball like what we saw with right. the Georgia game. It's not like they didn't possess the ball, you know? Although they did have two turnovers and that matters. Yeah, and I put Only in one the notes. Penalty, I, put, but... I put key players and plays and stats. Um hard to find something when you got a, an offense with 159 yards. Hard to find key players in that. But the key thing there was, you know, the quarterback was 11 of 19, but just 89 yards and an interception. So they weren't moving down the field with these receptions there. Well, and one of the things that's frustrated me as a longtime college football fan is this Ohio State, I have said over and again, offensively does not look like Ohio State's of the past where they could just dump it on you. Um, I think a few Ohio State teams ago – this game, you know, ends up being more like 63, 14, or 21. Right. Which leads me to my point about Ohio State. Their defense is so good, mm-hmm. they don't have to score 50 points to look impressive. Right. They are they are just that good. Um, and Minnesota doesn't have a bad football team. I'm not saying they have a great football team. Right. But they certainly did not put up a fight against Ohio State. Like you said, defensively. Ohio State gets two turnovers, 159 total yards in modern college football. That's absolutely absurd. Absolutely. Jack Sawyer, three and a half tackles for loss. Down defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That lockdown defense that you're talking about. Uh, Really good win for Ohio State. Um, The funny thing uh, is, Harrison only had 30 yards. You know, we talk about Harrison being the best receiver in the country. You know, if you don't look at neighbors or somebody like that, there's a lot of opinions on that. From an NFL perspective, I don't know if they really focused on him, but um, Travion Henderson had 146 yards receiving, uh, and Harrison wasn't getting the ball a lot. But they got enough weapons there that um, if they're locking down on one of the stars, uh, they can just throw it to somebody else, and that's what they did. Correct. And that's that's the thing is if you, you know, you go ahead and double-team Harrison, the problem is with a team like Ohio State, even if you don't know their name, they got a name on that football team huh. that can catch a football. You know, so it's, it's a double-edged sword. I, uh, I can shit on Ohio State if I wanted to, but You know, the only thing I could really say about this upcoming game on the Ohio State side that annoys me is like the Ohio State. Ohio-Michigan is apparently the game. All right, well, maybe it is to you guys, but, uh, you know, it ain't to me. Mm -mm. So you're not Nebraska-Colorado. Sorry, boys. You're not Alabama and Auburn or Alabama and Georgia. 
as it's become for the SEC title. I'm not really interested in hearing all about that. The, the, whatever. I will say this, though, and I want Yambag to hear me in a very loud and clear voice. Ohio State is a very good football team. Mm -hmm. Ohio State is a playoff team, and we'll pick the game later, and we'll talk about why later, but I think Ohio State goes into Ann Arbor and punches the ticket to Indianapolis. Yeah, so let's go ahead and go to the Michigan game because that's the other part of this. And to me, we've talked about kind of in texts since the since Saturday, and you talk about the absence of Harbaugh being the factor here. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, "Wow, you're you're um, you're not looking as as good now, Michigan." Is that is that because you got caught? You know, and I don't. I don't know the ins and the outs of that, but they are different. You know, they were dominating for a while. Um, you know, last week's story was we don't need to pass the ball. This week's story is, well, we tried to pass the ball, but our quarterback couldn't really get it done all that much. Um, you know, they end up beating Maryland 31-24. And, you know, they get the win. They go into the Ohio State game. Obviously, if they win that, then they're going to shut some folks up, but um, they're not looking like the dominant team that they were looking like before all this stuff hit. Not at all. Well, and the defense of Michigan was the story of the game. So yes. Maryland still scores 31 points, or 24 points, excuse me. But listen to this atrocity. One fumble, two interceptions. Um, on third down, though, Maryland was 5 for 12, so less than 50%, just a little bit. But um, one fumble, two interceptions, and two safeties. Two Crazy. safeties Michigan pulls off. And they win this game 31-24. to 24. So, like I said, I'm not a polished ESPN guy. In fact, I like to call me and Terry fake news. But here's a newsflash. Maryland played Nebraska a week ago, and Nebraska made Maryland look unimpressive. And yes, lost by a field goal at the end of the game. But they held the Tagovailoa kid to 10 points. Or, well, 13 with the field goal. So mm -hmm. Tagovailoa scores 13. We got 24 on Maryland. I'm not saying Nebraska somehow mathematically is better than Michigan. Get the hell out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> what I am saying is it obviously took one hell of an effort from Michigan's defense Absolutely. to stop this Maryland team. You got three turnovers, two safeties, um, and what was the other key stat I mentioned? Less than 50% on third down. Time of possession's about even, but yeah, Maryland came to play, and both of them didn't have that much in penalties. Two for 25 with Michigan and five for 35 with Maryland, but you needed everything you had to beat Maryland, and like I said, defensively, um, that game was what it was. J.J. McCarthy, to your point, 12 for 23, 141 yards, one interception. I don't know what it is that Harbaugh's not there, but right. this offense, he does not look like that Heisman Trophy quarterback we were talking about three and four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Not right now he doesn't. Um, you've lost the linebackers coach to the scandal. He's been fired, so... I don't, you know, I don't know what defensively that's done because obviously Michigan put up some pretty good numbers this week. This is my thought process, though, Terry. Jim or yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Excuse me, I about said John. Jim Harbaugh 
for all the things he is or isn't, is Michigan football. He's the face. He's the voice. He's the leader. He's the energy. He's all of those things that you want to see in a head football coach. Right. He's not there. So you have his – I don't know who the guy is, if he's his offensive coordinator or, or yeah, whatever sure he is. I'm not his position. Yeah. I don't know his position, but Did he's he not as this good week? as <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. You drop a bunch of language on the television, which is some shit I'd pull. But um, anyway, I don't know what the deal with the guy was, but the running in Penn State was one thing. This is a completely different thing because Maryland is not an elite defense. Not at all. Right. You know, um, I think if Nebraska had started pretty last week, uh, they probably would have won that game. Maryland would have right. lost, but we can get into that down the road. Mm -hmm. But the defense of Michigan is, is what's going to keep it going. If J.J. McCarthy plays like this at home against Ohio State, they don't win. No. And I honestly don't think they win. I think Ohio State wins this by one score. It's going to be a defensive battle, but Ohio State has their head coach and Michigan does not. And I really think that that matters. Even though it's in Ann Arbor, I'm giving the win in the Big Ten East Championship to the Ohio State. And I truly believe they're going to win in Indianapolis and they're going on to the playoff. Um, but give me Ohio State by seven in this one. All right, we'll get into more detail because we're going to run them down. We're going to pick 10 rivalry games at the end and run through them pretty quickly instead of doing it intermingled through the show this time. So obviously you're hearing some of that up front, but we'll get into the details of the score later. Um, I did go ahead and include Penn State. Um, you know, we picked the Penn State-Rutgers game. I was curious whether – uh, Penn State would, once they got eliminated from contention from the division, whether it would affect them, you know, um, we get a lot of teams that show signs of the biggest factor being how much they care. You know, we'll get into Auburn later on that one, but um, Penn State cared enough to to win by three touchdowns against Rutgers. So a uh, 27-6 win against Rutgers. Um, you know, Penn State is another one of those. This is the Big Ten. This is the end thing to be in the Big Ten. Really good defense, suspect offense. Um, you know, Penn State with 322 yards of total offense, but they held Rutgers to 229. So, uh, good showing by the defense. Uh, Penn State ran for 234. It's a uh, running the ball and playing defense kind of thing. That's Big Ten football. Yes, sir. And as you see in your column there, three turnovers they forced against Rutgers. So that matters, too. If Rutgers is driving and the next thing you know, they've got a fumble or an interception, that's all it takes. So uh, really good effort, of course, by Penn State. The thing is that James Franklin knows he has to do. He's fired his offensive coordinator. That was the scapegoat. Number one, you need to replace the offensive coordinator with somebody who can produce you more offense. Number two, you need to beat Michigan and Ohio State. It's the only way. And quite frankly, Terry, I think if he goes oh and whatever on that again, if they add an Oregon or Washington game to that or UCLA even, 
USC. Mm-hmm. I think you see Penn State show Franklin the door, despite the fact he's won, what, 75% of his football games? I mean, he's a good football coach, but he doesn't win the ones that matter. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot more that matter coming up because, like you said, we got Big Ten's got four teams coming in from the Pac-12, and some of those are some pretty dang good teams with some history there. And you go from being the solid number three team in the conference behind Ohio State and Michigan, and maybe you got a little bit of a level of comfort there to now you got some other teams pushing on that. What if all of a sudden you're the solidly the fifth best team in the conference? What's Penn State going to do there? Um, be interesting to see. Another reason I love the way we're going, um, we're going to make some teams play some more good games and uh, see how they can come out. So let's talk about Iowa because Iowa clinches its way to the Big Ten championship game it's waiting on the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game. And in true Iowa Hawkeye fashion, it's a 15-13 to 13 win over Illinois. And they did not cover the under. <laughs> of course not. The under was 33-and-a-half. I don't know who the hell thought they were going to score 30 between those two teams anyway. Almost. 33-and-a-half. They got close, 28. Uh, another win for Iowa. Ferentz gets another Big Ten West appearance. Great for him. Good job. Um, we'll all pray for you Thanksgiving Day or the day, I guess, the week after because, quite frankly, whoever it is, Ohio State or Michigan, is going to roll Iowa. Yeah, I mean, it's, Absolutely. it's, it's not even going to be a fair fight. So, um, Obviously, Nebraska has Iowa coming up, but we also skipped the other two SEC games. So we'll who knows where it. we're at we'll in this formatting of Terry's, which we'll is apparently now laissez-faire, do as you like, Andrew, because you can't be hey. controlled anyway. So hey, I'm I'm going based on things that you say. How about that? So uh, blame it on Andrew. We'll get through the Big Ten Andrew. and we'll fold it back to the SEC. How about that? You're we'll, you're fine. I'm you know, delaying I just like talking about the Auburn game as long as I possibly can. Okay. I've been on here talking about Nebraska games for the last twelve <laughs> weeks, Terry. What are you doing to me? Um, Did you say Nebraska so, game? Yeah, awful. Awful, by the way. Let's talk about the Nebraska game. It's next. Actually, it wasn't awful. But wrapping up the thought on uh, on Penn State. No, so we can move on to Nebraska losing to Wisconsin in overtime. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State will probably be the game to watch. Oh, absolutely. Um, The only one I think that's going to come close to it, and we'll talk about it here in a few minutes. I don't want to do it too bad. Oregon State, Oregon in Corvallis. I think that one, I think that one's got some serious potential when we'll get there. But Nebraska, Nebraska goes into Camp Randall, seven o'clock NBC games. Um, Serious talking to me, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Nebraska plays Wisconsin Camp Randall. Nebraska opens 14 to zero. Wisconsin makes some adjustments. Um, I still, Love Chubba Purdy. Played a real good game, clean game, six penalties, 49 yards, no turnovers till overtime. 
threw the interception. That's how the game ended. But it wasn't. It wasn't even a. It wasn't even a bad throw. There was nobody to throw to, and it. You know, it's the last play of the game. It's fourth down in overtime. Those things happen. But this was probably the best game I've watched Nebraska play all year. They've won games. They've lost games. But this was yeah. probably the very best game, certainly the most competitive. Like, Nebraska was never running away with it. Wisconsin was never running away with it. I'm still confused why Satterfield caused uh, called for sweeps and working the, work the outside in the edges when you're getting buried four and five, five yards in the backfield, but up the middle you're running four and a half yards of carry. Right. Well, by my math, that means you're getting first downs. I, I don't know why we went behind the sticks, got behind the chains, all that. So, well, I know why, but I don't know why they called the play to mm-hmm. be six and eight yards deep into behind the line of scrimmage when right off of right off a of guard tackle or guard center, it's just, I mean, it's working. So I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Today, Tony White, um, Matt Rule got a call. Tony White has people wanting to interview him, head coaching positions. That's our defensive coordinator. I've said it since the first game. The three-three-five works. Mm-hmm. There are people in Nebraska saying, "Pay the man, get him not to leave." You know, right? Um, because you got to have some nucleus to build another team on. And if Chubba Purdy's your offensive answer, that's fine. But what about this Vaughn defense? That even though the team is five and six, Nebraska's the number eighteen defense in the country. Mm-hmm. And they joined the likes of Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan. Five of your top 20 defenses are in the Big Ten. They play defense, like you've said, Terry. Um, So the Nebraska game was disappointing because they couldn't close. This This was a team they could beat. Now, like you, you saw that stretch of four games that you had. I saw that. Wisconsin and Iowa back-to-back on the schedule, and I said, ooh, Nebraska will lose to Wisconsin, but they'll have a chance against Iowa. You know? Um, Nebraska lost to Wisconsin, and I think they really do have a chance against Iowa, but they have got to play as clean offensively as they did this week, and they've got to actually score because if Iowa's not going to score against Nebraska's defense, I don't think, not, you know, big – it's going to be field goals again. Uh, there might be one touchdown between the two teams. They probably should set the under uh, on this game at, you know, 15-5 or something. But they won't. But they should because um, this one's in Lincoln, you know, and they've tried to make this a rivalry game. I'm going to pick it four which, to three. Which, yeah, exactly. <laughs> two safeties and a field goal. Bring it. <laughs> um, but this is what this is what people don't understand about the Nebraska-Iowa rivalry. This rivalry is not organic. It was forced. It was created. It wasn't created because Switzer and Osborne were the two best coaches in the Big Eight year after year, and that's the game that decides who wins the Big Eight championship. It w- wasn't decided because Nebraska-Colorado have have bumped each other, spoiled each other, whatever, and, and, and it was decided because it's the last game of the year and geographically they're neighbors. Right. Nebraska had nothing for Iowa for years. And Iowa, quite frankly, would have never had a football team that could beat the Nebraska Cornhuskers for years. Right. Um, 
even with Ferentz going to what was it, the Capital One Bowl back in like oh four or five, the same year that USC trounced Oklahoma. I want to say mm-hmm. that was oh four. Oh four. Um so that same year, I think um oh five was USC Texas, I believe, with Vince Young. That yeah, and that was the game, you know, yeah. but uh my point is that this whole Iowa Nebraska rivalry is new. Doesn't really matter. They've right. got the Heroes Trophy, as they call it, and I yeah, like Arkansas, LSU, and the SEC. They they just kind of got put together when Arkansas joined the league because they're right there. Yeah, no and it just real, it yeah. it doesn't. There's no real history there or anything. Right. It's and again, like I said, it's not the Oklahoma Nebraska rivalry. Hell, it's not the Texas Nebraska rivalry because that they got a good one there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a quote rivalry game. It'll be Friday. That's how important it is. We're not waiting to Saturday, Terry. We got to get ahead of you, Auburn, Alabama folks, because it's going to be on Friday at three o'clock or whatever. And it's going to be, if you like defense, watch the Nebraska Iowa game, because I promise. Yeah. Get up and walk to the, the kitchen. You're not time. missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, a touchdown is in, not in jeopardy. Okay. That's all I'm saying. We um, did Friday no, for a few years. I don't know how long it was, but boy, our fans hated it. And we went back to Saturday. But you need to quit lying to our fans and remind them the only reason they did that was Alabama's fan base hated it, not Auburn's. And Alabama is the voice of college football, sir. (laughs) Hey, we've gotten our way a couple of times. Um, One thing I hate that we got, not to go on a tangent about Auburn, but one thing I don't like that we got our way on, Auburn requested, I believe, my understanding is Auburn requested the Georgia game be moved earlier in the season, and I hate that. It belongs right at the end of the season, right before Alabama. That'll be that'll be that, another show in the off season, whatever. But that's a tough ask for anybody. Oh, you're gonna play Georgia first and Alabama next? You know, if you deserve <sighs> to have a good season, get it done. You know, I mean. That's just how it is for me. It's like, don't make excuses. Just get better, and once you get to that point, be a good team and get it done. So let's move on a little bit back to the SEC since we're kind of talking SEC anyway. And, um, you know, we were talking Alabama-Auburn. We might as well. Like I said, Alabama's kind of improved a little bit lately. A 66-10 thrashing of Chattanooga. 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter. They didn't look back. 574 yards of total offense. 315 rushing yards. I mean, what else do you want to hear? They dominate. If you're from the state of Tennessee, don't play Alabama, okay? Roll Tide. That's what I'm telling you, Terry. Roll Tide. Here's the thing. Chattanooga got paid $2 million or whatever it was to get that country ass whooping. I hate this game. I know I got accused of being an Alabama apologist and yeah. being biased towards the University of Alabama. <laughs> I will tell you all, I am objective with my picks and my voting on my poll. If I wasn't, Ohio State would never be on the list, okay? And then it's not a serious, genuine poll that we really believe what we believe when we're putting it out there. So back to Don't Alabama. Number six team in the country in my world. They're poised to make a run, but they're headed for that bud saw in Georgia. Now, Terry, we got to talk about it because we hate each other this week. And for anybody that believes that, 
I got some land I can sell you somewhere too, where you can have four views of water. But um, at the end of the day, this doesn't change anything for us. But Alabama wins this game and wins it big. Big in Jordan Hare. And here's why. They should. They have to. <laughs> it's not. No, no. There's it's been not a lot should. of years, though, that they should. And they didn't win it big. But um, I see no reason to believe this year is one of those years. Well, they just, like I said, they have to because yeah. now they're auditioning for the four spot. Mm-hmm. They're auditioning to be number four. Because without the win over Georgia, they're going to need a lot of help. Well, college they, football has beat a way. Georgia, that's one thing. So, yeah, college football has a way of moving teams out of the way of Alabama. There are people convinced that um, Alabama has no chance to get in, and then things happen that are unexpected, and it ends up happening. And we can talk about it at some point, but I dare say they should have been in it last year over TCU. The reason I say that is we saw the finals go 62 to 7 or 17 or whatever. Georgia rolled, uh, no pun intended. And no disrespect to my beautiful Crimson Tide, who are going to win this Iron Bowl. It's going to be 12-5, and five, sir, because Saban has got them ready. We got the swear jar in the locker room for all the times he cusses on the field. He borrowed money from Miss Terry this week to cover his debt. She said he needs to dial it up some more. So apparently she's fine paying that bill for all the cussing that he's doing on the field, sir. I don't know if you saw this. I think we both sent it to each other. But uh, Saban's putting $5 shots. He ain't doing the quarter or the dollar deal. He's putting $5 a shot in the well, jar. I mean, that's our I mean, quarter. Yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, he, in, in all fairness, he makes, what is it, $12 million a year or whatever? I mean, Plenty. Yeah. You know, he and gets Terry's out of his Ferrari and, yeah. And Ms. Terry's got the money saved for him, you know, that's so right. she's she's got him on budget. So apparently He's driving over to lot... Birmingham and shopping at the at the nice places over there. We're getting the foul mouth Nick Saban for the next couple of weeks, and I'm here for it. Um, well, we he's did have breaking I mean, hundreds out. You know, I was thinking today. I'm driving down the road thinking we had a combination of things that I heard a boom come from Tuscaloosa this weekend, and I found out later it was when Ty Simpson he runs this big long run. And he's headed to the end zone, and he drops the football on the one-yard line. You combine that carelessness with Nick Saban being your coach, I'm surprised that the veins in his forehead didn't just explode and blood gush all over the field. Oh, my God. It was – It was. I, you just looked at him and just saw his face, and I'm like, oh, no. Because this isn't even the dad yelling. This is disappointed dad. And that's worse. (laughs) You'd rather have him throw the headset, storm off, you know, just start letting it fly. And I'm sure that that, uh, Simpson received his tongue lashing, you know. Yeah. Um, But I've seen a lot better Saban tantrums than that one. That's for sure. He's not really throwing classics out there this year. Even if Miss Terry did tell him to crank it up a notch. um, But the fundamentals, you know that drives him crazy. Not finishing the play, Mm -hmm. dropping the ball, 
you know, all you of this those close. Things. Yeah, that, that process, follow through, finish, all those buzzwords he loves to use. <laughs> but he believes in. He believes it. You know, he doesn't know any other way. Speaking so, of process, your coach, I saw an interview or a press conference with your coach talking about the process. And he goes, why do I keep saying process? That's a stupid term. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. Uh, he thinks his process is to lose, you know, several games in the first season. So then we can build back better, I guess, like oh, Joe Biden. Hopefully that's not the result we have. But anyway, so we're let's on um, from let's let that me jab. take the mic for just a moment because we got to talk about the other side of this iron bowl. Oh, hold on though. Did you before we get to the other side of the <laughs> iron bowl? Because Auburn had quote less than competition this week. Did I hear you disparage the good name of Chattanooga football? How did I do that? But you acted like Alabama was just going to drum them no matter what. Like they didn't ever have a chance. I well, mean, they see. all play let's football, Terry. It's they are a 74 team, yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, they all play 60 minutes, yeah. buddy. Okay. Sure. And you just acted like, for some reason, the almighty Alabama, which they are, and you're aware, might just overlook this game and eat the rat poison. But we don't uh, do that. Know, in if they would schedule that. tough teams like New Mexico State, I might, I might treat it that way. Gary, did something funny happen in Auburn this weekend? <laughs> I don't know if it was funny, but um, let me tell you my mindset. So obviously, I watched every bit of this game. Um, it's one of those games where you feel like, okay, when are you gonna, when are you gonna turn this thing around? But uh, to give New Mexico State credit, they had the ball. For nearly 39 minutes, you know, we talked about the big difference um, in time of possession. Um, Auburn ran three plays in the first quarter. I believe they got the first down on a pass, but there was a holding call, so they end up having to punt. Three plays in the first quarter. Um, and New Mexico State's offense, they had a mobile quarterback, but – they they are one of the slower offenses in the country, and they just marched right down the field. Auburn made plenty of penalties to help them out, to keep them going, and they held on to that ball for so long. And um, it's one of those where you get one of these teams that comes in fired up, and you think, okay, well, we're going to turn it around because we've got these four-star guys. They've got two-star guys. We're just going to do it. But um, it didn't happen. And, in fact, I mean, it was kind of close, and New Mexico State scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to seal it. I mean, I think the play that really did it for me, um, there was a moment, maybe the third quarter, where you thought, okay, they made them punt. Fake punt. They ran for like 30 yards. Game over, because Auburn was not going to get the ball back well enough with enough time to do anything. And, you know, it the offense looked a lot like it looked a month ago when they had this four-game losing streak. You know, I've heard people say, you know, I've listened to other podcasts, I've listened to Auburn people, I've heard them say that Hugh Freeze gave 
Philip Montgomery one last chance as an offensive coordinator, and this was the result. Um, I don't know the truth in that, but um, if that's the case, then I think he's sealed his fate there. Um, it looked very similar to the way it looked before Hugh Freeze, quote, took over uh, a month ago. Um, Peyton Thorne was 15 of 19 passing, but they couldn't get anything going. Um, and Jarquez Hunter had three consecutive games of 100 yards in the SEC. He ran the ball eight times for 27 yards. And they were not way behind the whole game. They had no reason to keep passing the ball. Why is this stud running back not getting the ball? And I don't understand that. So something just didn't something didn't line up in the logic there. Auburn got two and a half yards of carry running the football against New Mexico State. But I'll say this, and you know this. Jerry Kill's a pretty dang good football coach. This is not the first team that he's coached. Um, he brought them in there with a swagger, and they punched Auburn in the mouth, and they kept doing it, and they just steamrolled them. Every aspect of the game, everything that Auburn did right against Arkansas, they did wrong against New Mexico State, and it was a whipping. Yeah, there's a couple key statistics. You already touched on a couple of them. First, the possession's huge. 38-50 to 21-10, and 10, you ain't, you're not going to do anything at that point. You're not going to get anywhere. Number two, um, New Mexico State, 50% third down mm-hmm. versus 20% for Auburn. Right. Six, six for 12 versus two for 10. Big deal. But to your point about the punt, two for two on fourth down conversions by New Mexico. Right. Um. So – you know, those are the only two things you can point to. Neither team had a turnover. Right. But it looks like, number one, y'all had no rushing game, no attack, no Not running at game at all. Not Peyton at Thorne all. ran the ball 17 times. But it's like, and why it was- is the quarterback running so much when you got this guy that could possibly eclipse 1,000 yards in this game? I just don't get it. Well, and that was the other thing. You look at you look at their rushing attack, 213 and 5.8 a carry. Yeah. Any offensive coordinator in America takes those numbers, Terry, because then they threw the ball 28 times. They know? lost at the line of scrimmage on both sides. I mean, it was um, it was crazy watching that game. It is very much one of those sluggish games. You expect them to kick it in, and they never did. And, you know, Hugh Freeze's press conference afterward, he pretty much said we had no effort. You know, it's like, okay, look in the mirror, figure out why you um, – why your team had no effort and figure out what to do next. Cause you need some effort this weekend. That's for damn sure. This um, is the last thing that you want to see happen and happen at Jordan Hare. is your yeah. team come out flat like this against Alabama who right now, despite what all of our friends like to rib me about, they're playing football the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. They're playing their best football in November and they know I, I guarantee you, because he's been in those games, and like you said, statistically, Auburn has one out of, well, five, I guess you got five, out of the 29 losses for Saban yeah. uh, in the Iron Bowl. Um, you don't think he knows how dangerous playing Auburn is right before the SEC title? Miss Terry game? does. She and said it like three have... weeks ago. 
they're going to have him geared up. He's mm-hmm. going to have those guys flying around. I would expect an early penalty on Alabama because they're going to be so jacked. Um, yeah. And I really would. I would expect Alabama's going to – because you know they're not a very disciplined football team the last couple of years as it pertains to the penalties. So either they're going to jump off sides or they're going to commit like a, a personal foul or a targeting yeah. that's going to come out to help Auburn. But I think once he gets them settled down, then it is honestly roll tide all day, particularly if this oh, yeah. type of performance – is anything that you see at all. And they will empty the stands at Jordan-Hare. Yeah. And and that's the ultimate victory. This is the kind of game that Auburn might linger for a quarter because of what you're saying. And then there will be two or three big-time 70-yard runs by Alabama. You know, and Milrow may have one of them. But the running backs, because they'll get pushed around. And that's, that's the expectation. You know, once in a while, Auburn surprises us. I don't feel that's this team, but I will say this. If anybody calls an offensive play and his name's not Hugh Freeze, then somebody's not paying attention. I mean, it is, um, you know, if that's the real story, then he needs to take ownership for this and he needs to put a team out there, give them the resources they need, give them the play calls they need, put them through some practice this week to let them understand how important it is to bounce back and just give it what they got. I mean, what is there to lose? You're not doing anything Nothing except the Birmingham Bowl after this, so you might as well. And they're going to need everything they've got to take down Alabama. They really are. Right now, Saban's got Alabama playing about where he wants them to. And the thing is, uh, somebody pointed it out, and again, it might have been one of the guys on McAfee's or game day or whatever. You know, Alabama isn't this team like TCU that's playing beyond what people expect it to Alabama is playing to their, to their level of ability and to their strength. Are they playing beyond either of those? No, not at all. But what we've seen out of Jalen Moreau the last six weeks uh, has been quite impressive. And this is the same kid that got benched for the UCF or USF game. You know, the Alabama beat South Florida by what was it? Terry 11. Not much. When it should yeah. have been when it should have been forty. You know, I Yeah, I, I question why are you I playing? Mean, you know, I mean, that was a road game against USF. It's like yeah. I don't I still don't yeah. understand why you schedule that. I mean, you know what's gonna be embarrassing? Jacksonville State, which for those that don't know, is in Alabama. This is not Jacksonville, Florida. This is Jacksonville State in Alabama. They travel to New Mexico State this week. If they go beat New Mexico State this week, that's an embarrassment. Now, I will say this. I looked at the standings in Conference USA. Liberty, obviously, is at the top. That's Hugh Freeze's last team. Then you got New Mexico State is number two, and Jacksonville State's number three. So it's a feasible thing. You know, Jacksonville State could go beat them the week after they blasted Auburn, and that's kind of embarrassing too. But I will also say – that um, and I said it in the intro. This is the second year in a row that Hugh Freeze has been made to look like a fool by by Jerry Kill. He was at Liberty last year, and toward the end of the season, when he started to interview for the Auburn job, um, the criticism was that he wasn't paying attention to his team. He was fa- it's the same thing, favored by three scores, and he got beat by three scores two years in a row by the same head coach. 
That is embarrassing. Do not schedule a Jerry Kill team ever again. That's what I'm saying. He's making you look like a fool. He's got your number. We're not doing it anymore. Let's move on to the Pac-12. How about that? Terry pop me. Sorry, y'all. I'm sitting here <laughs> laughing, trying to catch my breath. Let's move on to the Pac-12 because we sent the poll out. And yeah. we I started some shit, Terry, apparently, <laughs> uh, with my by putting Oregon yeah. in the three spot after a <laughs> dominating performance of uh Arizona State this week. Now, Arizona State, we know, or we think we know, isn't a great football team. But as a reminder, same football team that beat Washington or lost to Washington 15-7 to mm -hmm. and was leading the football game into the fourth quarter. So Arizona State has had some games where we're like, wow, um, maybe they're not as bad as we thought. One thing about the yeah. Pac-12 that confused me how in the hell does Arizona get in if Oregon loses and they win when Oregon will have a better record? I posted something about this today. I know Oregon and Arizona don't play each other, but I posted the the way that works. I don't know. I'm not looking at it right now. But um, Well, you said if Oregon beats Oregon State, Oregon's in. If yeah. Oregon State loses and Arizona wins, then Arizona's in. My question is, Arizona has one more loss than Oregon would have because Oregon's only lost one game. So I didn't understand how that math even checked out. Because well, it's I not like they've got I a common the... opponent. I you guess when I got to this part of the notes, <laughs> I left out the record. So I am inconsistent, guys, I will say. For the first but bunch of games, you... I put the records, but for this one, I did not. Um, you shared it on Facebook, but it was yeah. the Pac-12. So it was a right. Pac-12 site, so I don't know. Yeah. So but I'm not anyway. sure of the details there, but obviously Arizona. Um, Arizona with a big win. We'll talk about that. But let's start with the Washington game. And um, Washington sits at the top. They have clinched oh, their I way to the, the shark. My no, bad. that's okay. Oh. But they, um, you know, they played a at Oregon State. And Oregon State is that team that's kind of lingering there. Like, we exist too. Two-point victory for Washington, and if, you know, if there were five quarters, it really looked like Oregon State was going to win this, but there aren't. Washington gets the win. They moved to 11-0. and We got to respect that. I will say, like I said earlier, I don't know if we were on air yet or not, but um, this weekend I, um, I watched some of this game, and I felt like um, I had a little bit more respect for Washington's defense. Now, Washington did not score in the second half, and that's a little bit of a problem when looking forward and what they got ahead of them. Um, Penix, less than 50% passing. You know, at the beginning of the year, we were like, Penix is going to run away with a Heisman, and that's just not the way it is now. Um, of course, Oregon State's a good team. They're a good defense. Um, but – you know, Washington, another game where they win by one score or less than a score, really, unless you're counting a, a safety as a score here, a two-point victory against Oregon State on the road. In Corvallis, a very difficult place to win. Yeah. The Civil War is going to be a good time. This one had weather involved, as I'm sure you saw, Terry. Mm -hmm. Th uh, three turnovers for Oregon State. Otherwise, Oregon State wins this game. And that, yeah. that's a fact. 
that's just a fact. You know, I mean, yeah, they got one fumble out of Washington, but I saw the two picks that uh, DJ threw. Uh, they were not necessarily, I would say, quote, his fault. But you you always got that circumstance. One got popped up in the air and, and you know, and that's that's as much important to bat the thing down when you miss it than it is to, you know, anything else, because that's oftentimes how we see those interceptions. But anyhow, um, while Terry is complimentary of Washington's defense, I am not very complimentary of the way they played offense this, uh, this not weekend. Oregon state doesn't have the best defense in the pac 12. They have a defense, mm-hmm. probably two or three, but Oregon is a much better defense. Um, Oregon is playing at a much higher level right now, but let's talk about Washington. Since the Oregon game and the victory in Seattle, we have seen Washington slide backward, yeah. downward, whatever you want to call it. The thing is, and you've said this, and I agree with you, they're doing the USC thing where they're winning, you know, mm-hmm. and they keep winning games, and does it really matter? Yes, it matters. Winning a football game does not make you the best team. And, you know, I got criticized by our buddies saying, (laughs) well, Andrew, you're putting Oregon above Washington. You're damn right I am. Oregon is a complete football team, a motivated football team, and a well-coached football team that in this moment, today, tomorrow, Saturday, next Saturday when it happens, they will beat Washington for the Pac-12 championship. And this time, it ain't going to be a field goal. Washington is in trouble when they go to play at the Pac-12. So let's go ahead and get all the bullshit out of the way. You know, despite what the record shows, you have a better football team. Therefore, Oregon is getting my vote as the better football team. And people say, well, no, they lost to or- they lost to Washington. I know. We're very well aware they lost to Washington. Washington's not the better football team. So and my logic, the way, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is they proved they're not the better football team. This offensive powerhouse sputtered and stammered against Oregon State. Oregon State isn't going to bring the exotic looks and pressures the Ducks do, and it's trouble for Washington. And by the way, they got to get past Washington State before any of it matters at all, and don't think that the Apple Cup isn't a big deal. Go ahead, Terry. Well, and one thing about the Pac-12, the bottom of the Pac-12 is probably the best bottom of a league. I will give them credit for that. And we talk, we make fun of Colorado, and they're at the bottom. But realistically, I think Pac-12 has the best bottom of a conference. Is that something to brag about? Probably. It's not quite the same as the best top, right? But um, that's what jumps out at me because Washington State's been sitting there at the bottom, and they've been playing teams pretty tough. But my logic is slightly different than Andrew's. I do put Oregon over Washington, but I am going to remind you, if you look back at our polls, when Washington beat Oregon, we had Washington above Oregon at that point. But this was a Washington win by three points in their house. And if you know anything about home field advantage, three points is the number. Right. So, so it's pretty much a push. But since they won the game, we put Washington, I believe we put them one spot ahead of Oregon. Cause in my head, if you, if you win a game at home against another team and you barely beat them, then you're right there above them. 
you put them just a hair above. But since then, every other game that's been played, Washington's not dominating anybody. And Oregon is dominating just about everybody. So Washington being slightly ahead at that point changes over time, and Oregon takes the spot. Do I think they belong three spots ahead, like our poll says? Maybe not. This is where I was saying I was a little bit more impressed with their defense. If they find that offense again that they once had, I think they can pull it together, um, and they do keep winning. Um, but I do believe Oregon's a better football team. And and as far as people saying head-to-head matters that much, okay, but you know what? You play 12 head-to-head games with teams. I'm looking at all of them, you know, And this is not boxing. This is not a tournament. This is not standings. This is a poll. The poll is asking, who's the better team? This is not who's won more football games. Otherwise, we got Liberty at number three. That's all I can say. Disagree with it if you want. That's my logic. I think it's pretty sound logic. Others are going to disagree, but, um, you know, that's why we do it. But, well, and um, Jerry and I ba- basically really do have the same reason for it. Um, I think Oregon's a better football team. I think they've got the better quarterback play right now, 79% completions. Bo Nix, hands down, front runner for the Heisman. It's not even close. If he has these two big games, he should take the trophy. I mean, you know, I'm not a Bo Mix, Nix mark or anything, but the dude is a hell of a football player. I'm deserves, a Bo Nix deserve- mark. <laughs> Deserve, but he deserves the championship, you yeah. know, the Heisman Trophy, if that's if that's what it is. But so yeah, to forty-two point, to, to nothing point at two. halftime this week, and he threw for four hundred yards and six touchdowns in the first half, and set out the second half. <laughs> and they sat his ass. They like yeah. go 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 over there, you know, stop. But but that's my point. Is that and you and I have said the same thing. Defensively, Oregon's better. Special teams are better. Offensively, right now they're playing better than Washington. But what we've seen since the Washington loss or win over Oregon is that Oregon has gotten better and better and better and better. And it wasn't like they were bad in that game. They right. weren't. They were They were not bad. I think, honestly, if Dan Lanning had those two field goals uh, decisions again, he kicks the field goals. I don't know that he goes for it on fourth right. down. He could tell us all how aggressive he is and everything else, but in two key downs, the last drive of the first half, the first drive of the second half, he decided to kick field goals or not kick field goals, go for go for the fourth down. Those are huge, and it can't be understated how big that is. The other thing is Washington might be a good football team. In fact, we know they are, mm-hmm. but let's let's go ahead and pair them up against Georgia that just played Tennessee. Georgia's Tennessee's got a highly vaunted offense. So does Washington. Tennessee's probably got a better defense than Washington. I think that's a fair statement. All right, forget Georgia because Andrew's a Georgia fan. Put him <laughs> against put him against Ohio State. Same problem. All defense on Ohio State and enough offense. Washington can't stop. Let's put him against Michigan. Oh, wait a minute. We run into the same problem again. All defense for Michigan and Michigan, if you know they can pull pull it out of their asses, they'll actually have the offensive output that they enjoyed for so long. Point being, Washington doesn't match up with those teams because they're not as good as those teams. Oregon aside, 
they don't even belong in the top four. So give me the Ducks, quack, quack. They got a test in Corvallis. We'll get to it. So I will say that you probably, you know, obviously you put Oregon a little higher than I did. I put Oregon above Washington, but you, you put them higher than I did. They rose above Florida State. We do disagree a little bit on Florida State. We got into there. Um, I am a little more comfortable. You know, I talked about this earlier. I'm comfortable with the fact that Oregon is going to play Washington. Either Oregon's going to play Washington or Oregon's going to prove they don't deserve it before that. But if Washington wins and goes undefeated through the Pac-12, I'll admit I'm wrong about this. But I know that this game's coming up. And I know that there's plenty of time to prove me wrong. Um, and we'll adjust accordingly. But I don't know that I'm willing, unless there's help elsewhere, to put Oregon in the playoff if they win the Pac-12. That's where I got to scratch my head a lot and really see where I feel that lands. Because there's a lot of football to be played, and I'm just not sure what I believe there. So I probably have the Pac-12 as a whole just a little bit lower than you do. Um, so, you know, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that and, and put out new rankings. We'll be proven wrong about something. Maybe it's this. I don't know. It'll be fun, though. So the other game that I had in the Pac-12 is, you know, we kind of mentioned them here because we, we don't completely understand the logic here, but Arizona's got an outside shot. Um, they made Utah look um, like not much this weekend. Obviously, Utah's not at full power. But um, 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. 42 to 18 victory for Arizona. Um, you know, it was pretty even from the stats perspective, but Utah turned the ball over. Um, and that, that was enough. And they just – they. They put it on them early. Um, and, you know, we got this – I guess this wide receiver had 116 yards and a receiving touchdown and threw a passing touchdown for Arizona. So that's that's a combination you don't see much. But I'm going to attempt his name, Tetaroa McMillan. So he deserves some props. But um, a big game for him. They had a punt return for a touchdown. You know, these are the ones you don't really see in the stats other than the touchdown. So Arizona was getting it done in a lot of ways this weekend. And, um, you know, they're sitting here waiting on people to lose so that they can get into the championship game. Exactly. And uh, Arizona, interestingly enough, possessed this ball almost 11 full minutes less than Utah which means that those two interceptions led to points. It's that simple. Right. And um, then they had a punt return, so they gave a ball back then too. Yeah, so you've got all those points. And like you say, Utah possesses the ball. Utah had some penalties. Utah's got the two picks. Uh, but Arizona, we've talked about it, Terry. They're a good football team. They're in the wrong league this year. Yeah. They're they just in the defense. wrong league this year. Mm -hmm. um, and they do enough offensively to get it done, but – You've got the Oregon, you've got the Washington, you've got the UCLA. I don't remember who else Arizona's lost to, but, um, you know, they're a good football team, and the Pac-12 as a whole is good. I probably am a little higher on the Pac-12 than you are, 
But part of the reason I give Oregon all those props is look how many teams they've just beaten and beaten badly. Arizona has done it quietly. This Utah team, yeah. the only other team that's beat them like this was Oregon. And, I, I mean, that's it was Oregon that beat them like this. Um, well, one Utah, of Arizona yeah, losses was to Mississippi State at the beginning of the season. That's so right. That's, that's right. the reason we didn't really think a whole lot of them because we don't think much of Mississippi State, obviously. But, um, man, they bounced back and really, I mean, that's the reason that you pay attention to everything because – they are much better than Mississippi State. They just happen to lose to them. Yep. And again, one game doesn't matter. Right. We get the win-loss record matters. You're not going to put a an 8-4 and four team in the national championship game. But we also recognize that it's one factor of a multitude of factors. And I think, I think Arizona shows us that that bounce back has been fantastic. Missouri lost one early. They shouldn't have lost. Um, we've talked about Notre Dame. Look at Clemson for Pete's sake. Um, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot of teams out there. Well, hell, North Carolina lost two. They definitely shouldn't have lost to right. both Georgia Tech and uh, was it Virginia? I think it was Virginia. I think so. You know, shouldn't have lost. Uh, so, you know, like I said, there's a ton of ton of that out there. Shouldn't have, would have, could have. Well, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Arizona, great football team. I think that, um, you know, like I said, I thought Utah was going to have a great year. I think they still have a good year. Look, the, the competition they're playing in the Pac-12 is very strong right now. It's the last last two raw, the Wild West out there, and that's how it's going to be. So um, good on Arizona. Still don't, like I said, understand if the conferences are, if Oregon has one conference loss, how that happens. But it doesn't, ultimately, I guess, Terry, it doesn't matter. Um, because if Arizona won, they have two conference losses. Well, Oregon would too. So somewhere there's a tiebreaker or something because that third loss doesn't matter. Down to it's girlfriend. State. Exactly. But anyway, uh, I'm expecting fully for it to be Oregon and Washington. And I think we're going to get a rematch. That's going to look much, much different. Um, and we've seen that when you see rematches in season, yep. uh, a lot of times they do not look the same as they did before. So that's right. Uh, I think the um, I think the I think the Pac-12 is great though. Unfortunately, they're going away. A lot of talent going away with them. Um, but the uh, Arizona, it, it's hard. You talk about a gob of teams in the Pac-12. They've got Definitely. it at the top. I mean, they got Washington and Oregon, but yeah. then right there, you've got Oregon State and you've got Utah and Arizona. you know Arizona. Um, I meant to say Arizona before Utah, but you've got them all. I mean, they're oh, yeah. right there. They are clustered right there. And then to your point, the bottom of the league, Colorado is a talented football team. They are. They don't have an offensive line. They're a talented football team. They would wipe Col- the floor with Vanderbilt for sure. But if they had if they had an offensive line, Terry, probably yeah. be the most dangerous team in football. And I mean, we've talked about honest, that's going to be that his offense. challenge. He's get the skill yep. positions because – you know, the skill positions, um, that's what he was. And he knows how to coach yep. that. He's got to get that toughness in there. But California wasn't an easy out for everybody. Right. UCLA, not an easy out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Hell, Stanford ended up being a team that beat teams they shouldn't right. have beat. So I agree with your analysis. I think that was a really good way to put it, the best of the bottom. 
Mm-hmm. Because, uh, like, I live in the Big Ten, and I promise you, we ain't got the best of the bottom of the league right? at all. It ain't The SEC doesn't, and right. it ain't close in the ACC. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty good. I think the uh, Pac-12, though, I think that game's on Friday. Not this week, but the, I'm gonna have to look the at Pac-12 that. title game will be on Friday. Yeah. Pretty sure. Um, but I think I think you're a little out of line, Terry, not giving my ducks. I call them my ducks. I, I picked <laughs> I picked Utah. I picked, the them, duck- I picked them to win the conference. But I just don't I, I think the difficulty for me, and maybe this Florida State thing kind of helps. Oregon at least. But like I said, I'm not willing to pull Florida State down until they prove that they need to do that because I've only seen the backup quarterback come in and dominate who was in front of them. But they've got challenges coming up. But, um, you know, we'll see what Oregon and Washington do in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what Michigan and Ohio State do in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what Florida State, Florida, and Louisville do in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see what Georgia and Alabama do in the next couple of weeks. But that's a segue wow. to the one team that I say, I don't know what I'm going to be able to tell. Texas with a 26-16 win over Iowa State. What's their big game that they're going to play that they're going to beat somebody and prove anything over the next couple of weeks? I don't see it. Their best game was Alabama. Their second best game was against Oklahoma and nothing else has even looked good since. Um, And and I say that because, yes, those were both competitive, one win, one loss. But the teams that they should be beating, they're beating in overtime or they're beating by a field goal or they're, you know, Iowa State is not a great football team. Now, I understand if they're in Ames, that's a hard place to win. I get that because I, I'm again, I'm a Big Twelve guy before the Big Ten, but Texas has a far superior football team than Iowa State. Mm-hmm. This this one shouldn't have been close. Um, I don't know what's going on in Texas, but unfortunately, and I I will say it, and it's not because they beat Alabama. They might have played their best football at the beginning of the season, right? Because that Red River shootout game we watched was a hell of a game. Hell of a game. Now, on the flip side of this, uh, Oklahoma didn't make my top 15 list this week. We talked about the injury to um, Travis. Oklahoma's quarterback's out, too. He got got put out in that game this weekend. So You know, um, Ewer's been in and out a little bit, and maybe he's playing with injury. I I don't know the situation there. I think he came back, and we were kind of surprised he was back so quickly. Because um, I had originally heard it was going to be closer to a season ending mm-hmm. or end of season return, you know? It's one of those um, things that makes it tough. But I also, I wish they had, I wish Oklahoma was as good as we thought they might be because that would lead to a Texas Oklahoma game in the championship game that we would feel would put a team up there pretty high. And I just don't see a Big 12 championship game that's going to do that for anybody. The You talk about Oregon needing help, and this ain't just from us. This is from the college football playoff. Whoever the Big Ten champion is, if they want a playoff spot, they're going to have to have a hell of a lot of help this year. 
because the only one lost team left is Texas. Right. And isn't it Oklahoma State right on their heels? Well, I think there's like four teams gobbed up there. Um, oh, is I, it? Okay. I didn't list them all out this week, but um, I only talked about this game and the Kansas-Kansas State game in the notes. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's there. Uh, I don't know who all's there, but um, – well, David there, Terry, a he's a man, mess. and he's 56, okay? Yeah. So, we didn't get our <laughs> shit in this week. I'm a man, and I'm 56. Talk to me. Tell him. That's right. Um, but in all seriousness, the, the Big 12, though, has not got a resume, not a schedule, not a powerhouse enough where it's obvious where well, you can't leave this team out. I get that Texas beat Alabama. And this was the funny thing, and I told you this off air. The pushback we got from our friends, and look mm-hmm. – we're not criticizing them. We're just making a point. Nobody pushed on me, the Alabama guy on this show, for putting them above Texas, even though you did too. But the reason we've done that is because like Washington and Oregon, but maybe in a much more severe way, because Alabama wasn't ready for that Texas game, Alabama has gotten extremely good and much, much better than they were for the Texas game. On the other hand, Texas isn't showing improvement to me. Right. Uh, they're showing more of going backward or declining, you know, and that's definitely not something you want to see. So I put Alabama above them, and I take what we do very seriously because we're going to joke and, and talk shit and have fun about it. Yeah. But I think that, you know, if I just put Nebraska number one and you put Auburn number one every week, at this point, it's a joke. There's nothing to talk about. It's nothing <laughs> even to remotely listen to. There's nothing, you know, it's all bullshit at that point. But well, I this do is think the exact... Alabama plays yeah. today, Texas. If they played today, neutral field, fuck, they can play in Austin. It wouldn't matter. Alabama wins the football game. Well, my deal is I went through this based on the computer poll. Same logic. So Alabama and Texas have the same record. Texas's loss is worse than Alabama's loss. My brain tells me, look for how bad are they at their worst point. I think, my opinion, the loss to Oklahoma looks worse than the loss to Texas. It's a coincidence that, that these two teams played each other. People are going to hate that because everybody thinks head-to-head rules, but I don't believe it rules. I believe that Alabama got beat by a better team than Texas got beat by. That is my logic, and I'm going to stick with that logic because my opinion is that Alabama Alabama only dropped to this level. Texas dropped to a little bit level a little bit below there. Now, the same thing happened here when Texas beat Alabama we had Texas ranked higher than Alabama. The year kept going. Things happened. The Oklahoma loss happened, and that's probably where it shifted. I don't remember exactly, but that's my logic. People can disagree. I don't really care. I'll explain it, and I'll keep the same kind of logic, and we'll see how often I'm correct and how often I'm wrong, and we'll live our lives. I don't care. But I also think, Terry, to your point, you have that exactly correct. Because if I'm not mistaken, we had Texas in the top two or three. Yeah. For a while. So, until the Oklahoma. And, and they look like it. But, you know, that's why they changed the polls. If Georgia loses tomorrow, 
they're not going to have the benefit of three years. They're going to have the benefit of this season. This is mm -hmm. what people are gauging. Right. Doesn't matter. They won two national titles. If they lose against Georgia Tech, go Jackets. They're going to get dropped all the way down. And I'm just using that as an example because yeah. they're number one in everything right now. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I'm good with where we have everything. And I will, like Terry, defend it. Now, if you absolutely, and I made this comment and I mentioned it. One of the things that I do is I, I dismiss all emotion from it. All emotion, all favoritism. It all gets dismissed from it. You're either a better football team and you're not. Um, I've made my list before and had to remake the list mm -hmm. because I realized doing it from memory, I left a football team out of the list. Yeah. It happens. Um, so anyway, I don't know where I was going with that other than just <laughs> to reaffirm what Terry said. And that's, you know, like really we, we, we try, we make an effort, you know, um, we both watch a shitload of football and try to be objective, but also be different because like putting Oregon, for instance, in the three spot on this poll, nobody in America would do that right now. Nobody. We did it. You did but it. Then I again, didn't I, do it. <laughs> then again, I saw, then again, I saw though, where, you know, there's uh, people that think Michigan and Washington are your first outs for the playoff. Yeah. So that's interesting that the Harbaugh thing is so big. It is. Right now. Yeah, so, I mean, they are definitely different. I mean, and it's a shame that we didn't get to see them play a really good team before Penn State because we would be able to tell the difference with Harbaugh there playing a really good team. Um. But, you know, we didn't get to see it. We do get to see Michigan play Ohio State this weekend. Um, that will be settled, and we'll move on. So let's move on to Kansas State, Kansas. You know, I, I was brave enough to pick Kansas to win this football game, but for the 15th consecutive year, Kansas State wins this game. 31-27. to 27. Kansas had it after three. But uh, Kansas State with a touchdown in the fourth, and they win the football game. This close. This close. Great football game. Nice back and forth action between the two. I really enjoy uh, what I saw in this football game. And I even like it better that I went with the underdog and Terry lost. That's <laughs> the way we do things around here. Because, see, Terry, hashtag safe Terry, is very aware of the fact that I will pick an underdog just to have something to argue with him about. I picked Colorado State to be there for so and, and, and he ain't picked an underdog <laughs> since. And I think That's Air Force has said. not won since that game. It's, like, it's crazy. It's like they won one last game to make me wrong, and then I don't think they've won since then. But, you know, And James Madison lost this week too, so throw that to out. To who? App State, the App ultimate State. spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, so but nah, anyway, this was with, a good do you game. Know, do you know at one point that App State game just to just it was like five to three? Yeah. The App State James Madison game was like five to three. But anyway, this game, Kansas, Kansas State, very good game. Go ahead, Terry. Well, there's not much to say. Pretty good defense. Uh, nobody got 400 yards of total offense. They both ran the ball pretty well. 
Um, Kansas turned the ball over three times. And, you know, that's um, that's going to lead to losing football games. Um, possession was similar. Nothing really jumps out other than the turnovers. Well, and Bill uh, Bill Snyder, the, the Kansas State coach multiple times, most winningest coach in the program's history, and he was the athletic director and all that, he used to say that 99% of your games are not won. They're lost. And what he was talking about was when you commit three turnovers, you don't win football games. You lost the game. The other team didn't necessarily win the game. And his whole point was he was psychologically trying to get his guys to understand that you have to control what you do. It doesn't matter what the other team does. You have to control the response to it. So really interesting coaching strategy that way. But um, a, a different point of view that, you know, games aren't won, they're lost. Because we like to say, well, Georgia won or Alabama won or Auburn won or whatever. But did they really or did the other team lose, you know? Now, obviously, in the case of who Georgia and Alabama played this year, this week, they won those games, Terry, because those other two teams weren't doing jack. But, um, you know, we won't make fun of Auburn. I just mentioned them because you're, you're the host. But um, it, it's, like I said, it's, it's an interesting perspective. But Kansas State has always been the better football team than Kansas. Yeah. Always. Um, they had this a has been a pretty good Kansas football team. I thought it was the year, and I was wrong. They had a couple. They had a couple years with Mangino where they were pretty good. Uh, the old Oklahoma assistant. Less, money. but otherwise, Kansas was not a good football team. They have not been good for a long time. But again, to your point, they won a couple national championships in another game. You know, they gave a they gave their coach a career contract this year. I don't know if you saw that. But Bill Self, the head coach of the Kansas basketball team, he has a career contract. So when wow. he decides to, re- he is a coach for life at Kansas. So uh, just made it um, official. Gave, yeah, they gave him that like a month ago, maybe three weeks. Um, but because I follow college hoops, I I noticed that. And uh, but yeah, they he says he's got about ten more years. But the whole point is, you know, we joked about Louisville and Kentucky. But you talk about Rock Chalk Jayhawk and Lawrence, Kansas. Yep. Buddy, they all about some basketball. Football, what? You know, what what's right. basketball season starts. And the other thing was you gotta remember, Kansas was so bad for so long. Like they just, they weren't good football teams. They were oftentimes one and eleven, two and ten, three and nine, whatever. Yeah, they just were not good football teams. So um anyway, great football game. And we predicted it. And you know the funny thing is my and and for years too our scores weren't exactly right, but we certainly had the idea on those games with the exception yeah. of the Utah game, for me, how close or far apart they were going to be. We we hit yeah. that pretty pretty steadily. So, um, the uh, but like you expected Kansas and Kansas State to be a good game. I don't even know who either of them are playing this week, Terry. Well, I, guess I don't it have matter, that. But I am going to run down the top ten before we Here get into we go. Some game picks. This is your disclaimer before the game picks, and and Terry loves when I go off script, even though I'm holding the iPad right here. Um, this top ten is formulated by Terry and Andrew. It is our poll. It is not <laughs> for entertainment purposes. This is 
the correct poll. <laughs> you could take your college football playoff, your AP, your coaches poll. Who the hell the coaches don't know football? They don't know what they're talking about. The poll, it's all about me and Terry. And like uh, Sarah Palin said one time, the only people that care about polls are cross-country skiers and strippers. So, with Did she that, really say that? She really did say that. Cross-country <laughs> ski. She actually said strippers and cross-country skiers. Uh, it was fantastic. But, yeah, Sarah Palin really said that. And with that, your TNA, no pun intended, even though I thought the day of the election she was about to break the T and the A out. Uh, Terry, hit us with your top ten. It's actually our top ten, but hit it. I did think of something for TNA because obviously there's people see that and it stands for Terry and Andrew. You, Correct. you need to clean up your dirty minds, but if it does come to exactly. that, I'm the tits and he's an ass anyway. So here's Correct. the top 10. <laughs> so I'm going to start at the bottom. Number 10, Louisville. They are 10 and one. They beat Miami this week. They are matching up against Kentucky. Uh, for week 13. Penn State, we've got at number nine. They are the top two loss team at nine and two. They beat Rutgers. So even after we thought that they might um, slow down a little bit because they got put out of the conversation for the championship game, they came out and had a strong game against Rutgers. They finished the season against Michigan State. At number eight, we have Texas at 10 and one. They beat Iowa State this week and they finished up against Texas Tech. Number seven is Washington, 11-0, clinched a spot in the Pac-12 championship. They beat a good Oregon State team this week, and um, they play one of those teams I was talking about that is at the bottom of the Pac-12, but they're a pesky team. They finish off against Washington State. Um, a number- formerly ranked team, not to interrupt you, Terry. Right. But but we thought, not even us, but the, the AP thought yeah. high enough, as did the coaches poll. They ranked Washington State, what was it, as high as 13, I think? They were pretty Maybe far 15, up there. Did they beat Oregon State? I In would fact, have to I think they did by, by, by a field yeah. goal. I'm certain yeah. they did, yeah. All right, so number six, Alabama. We've talked a lot about them, as we always do. Ten and one. Put a whooping on Chattanooga. You know, Andrew's over here trying to act like Chattanooga's something, but whatever. Um, and they face off with my Auburn Tigers in Hare on the loveliest village on the plains this weekend. Uh, brings back memories. Anyway, number five, Florida State. <laughs> I tried to move along before you got that in there. Number five, Florida State, uh, drops down to number five for us. That's um, that's Andrew's doing. I kept them at number four. Andrew dropped them down a little bit with the loss of the quarterback. Uh, they are still 11-0. They've got plenty of Huge. opportunity ahead of them. They put a whipping on my um, hometown team, North Alabama Lions, this weekend, and they've got a matchup with Florida, who also doesn't have their starting quarterback for week 13. Uh, number four, Oregon at 10 and one, uh, the top one loss team in our poll. They beat Arizona State and they've got a tough game with Oregon State coming up this week. Uh, number three, Michigan at 11 and 0 beat Maryland. Um, they're going to face off with the number two team, Ohio State, who is also 11 and 0, who beat Minnesota this week. And the number one team, unanimous decision, finally. I think this is the first week we've both put them there. 
I just could not put Michigan at the top anymore. Georgia gets both first place votes. They're 11 and 0. They put a whipping on Tennessee and they're going to finish it off Georgia Tech before Correction, heading to Atlanta. Terry. The first three weeks we had Georgia at the top unanimously. I don't know how I worded it, but it's been a long time. <laughs> okay. Been a long time. First time in a while, then. I may have said that wrong, but it returning is the... to their rightful spot before okay. the almighty Alabama take them down in the SEC championship game. You're Georgia Bulldogs. And I mentioned in a text message earlier that as an Auburn fan, my my favorite result of that would be double forfeit. Nobody gets to play the game. Um, SEC doesn't get to represent anybody in the in the playoff because it's considered a tie. The, the college football playoff committee says we can't accept either of you. That would be what I would want as an Auburn Tiger fan. But, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. So let's move on Hateful. to rivalry week picks. Hateful, we got 10 of them this time. I tried to pick the 10 best rivalries. I don't know every rivalry in the country. I just tried. I mean, I picked the 10 I thought were good. Put what it in reverse, got? Terry. Put it in reverse. Here's why. Look at the first one on the list. Well, I'm also not very good <laughs> at counting because apparently I've got 11. But, um, but look, at the, look at the first one on the list. I see it. I see it. I tried to pick the best rivalry. It is a good rivalry. I don't care if it's going to be a 40-point game this year. It is It is a rivalry <laughs> worth mentioning, and it happens on Thanksgiving Day, so it kicks us off. Old Miss, Ole Miss Mississippi State. Mississippi ahead, State. Terry. I'm going to pick this one first. I'm going to pick the Rebels. Uh... 42 to 10. Oh, good pick, Terry. Great pick. Excellent pick. Give me Ole Miss 38. And I think we're going to see uh, 17 from Mississippi State. All right. So that forces you into being the first to pick for the Iowa at Nebraska game and your Cornhuskers. Lincoln, Nebraska. Looking to play for the third time, fourth time, rather, to get bowl eligible. This will be the fourth opportunity to get to six and six. First not losing season since 2016. We're going with Nebraska. That's right, Terry. Even if I'm two points behind you on the picks, I saw the scores. But uh, I will never vote against Nebraska in a situation like this. Give me Nebraska. Let's do... uh, you're Let's putting me 14. in a bad spot saying that. No, no, <laughs> you know, no, no. Nebraska. Let's see. Hold on. I'm going to need a second on the score. <laughs> I got to figure out safeties and field goals because touchdowns ain't going to matter. Which single-digit oh. number are you picking here? Exactly. I'm going to go on this one. Nebraska 13, Iowa 9. You know what? I'd already picked this in my head, and I picked – Iowa 13, Nebraska 9. I mean, I really think, and and people can laugh at us, I really think that this one doesn't get to 30 points total between the two teams. Yeah. Because there is no offense on either team. (laughs) But I like, honestly, and we've talked about this, I enjoy really good defensive games, even if 
if the teams aren't able to pass and they're and they're running three yards on every play and they're barely getting a first down and sometimes they have to punt. I enjoy that. Yep. So yep. I'm, I'm not all about the high flying. Oregon State, Oregon in Corvallis, buddy. No, it's not in Corvallis. It's in Eugene. Unless I did it wrong. <laughs> I, I believe I'll, it's at all. I'll check. Double check Utah. me there, buddy. Yeah, you talk. All right. So I pick first, and I don't care where it is. I'm going to pick Oregon 31. I think a little bit of defense mm. is going to be played to hold them back. Oregon 31, Oregon State 20. Ooh. I like it. That's a good pick, Terry. That's a really good pick. Um, hold on. It is in Eugene. I've okay. been thinking it was in Corvallis. Hey, I'm correct. Yeah, I started to that, say it that way earlier. I don't know. I had changes. the same thought. That, wait a minute, Terry. So you're telling me it's in Eugene and not Corvallis. The only thing that changes is how big an ass whooping it's going to be. Quack. Quack, motherfuckers. 38-14. Give me the ducks. All right. So you get to be the guy to pick <laughs> the game first. <laughs> Let me hear it, Andrew. The game, Ohio State-Michigan. I do not know what the hell's going on in Ann Arbor, but they better be ready to play because I promise you the Buckeyes want that spot in the Big Ten championship game. I am picking Ohio State in this game. I said it would be seven points, so give me 24 to 17, Terry. All right, you got 24-17. You know, I picked Michigan to win the conference, but I just don't see it happen with the situation that's that's at play right now. And it's really unfortunate, but I, even with it being in Ann Arbor, I don't see without Jim Harbaugh there them pulling this off. So I, th I do I believe think it'll Harbaugh, be close. And that's why I did 24 to 17. I think Harbaugh is a bigger advantage and more important piece of the puzzle than the fact that it's in the big house yeah. and the fact that it's Ohio State. So I'm going to go a little bit more defense because I, I do still believe in Michigan's defense and they will be at home. 17-14 Ohio State. Woo! I actually thought about that score, like 17-10 uh, to 10 sort of thing, yeah. you know? But I thought maybe the defense will actually score yeah. this time around. Anyway, Kentucky-Louisville's up next. They make good bourbon in Kentucky. Terry's a fan of bourbon. Therefore, he's picking Louisville for whatever reason. <laughs> Go ahead, Terry. I'm oh this yeah, up as we go. Uh, it's at Louisville, and I think um, I think we're going to go thirty-one to seventeen. I just think Kentucky has lost the swagger that they had earlier in the season. I don't think they're pulling it together for this one. I think Louisville is going to beat them by a couple of scores here. I see it closer than that. They're at Louisville. Kentucky is, or Louisville is, a complete football team. Louisville's on the way to the ACC championship. This is a trap game for them, though. Give me, uh, let's go ahead and go with Louisville. I'll take them 31-27 to 27 against Kentucky. I hope so. 
I want to see some good games this weekend. All right, so let's go Texas A and M at LSU. It's not really a rivalry, but I, I thought it's Terry. You, you you know we got the best <laughs> rivalries. We open with Mississippi, Mississippi State. I'm hey. looking to see some good games. We got Texas A and M and LSU. Okay, here's the deal. A and M's got a defense, but they've got no offense without Jimbo calling the plays. Jimbo is gone. the The whole season might as well be over because they fired him so soon. This one is at LSU. We've talked about what an advantage home field is. It's really an advantage in some of these places. Be that LSU stadium, you know, Death Valley. Be that the Death Valley in Clemson. Be that at Tallahassee for the Knowles uh, or the Big House this week for for Michigan. But I'm taking LSU big, 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 big. They're going to score 45 at minimum. So give me 45-13 LSU. Oh, wow. I got Texas A&M scoring a little bit more. <laughs> LSU, 48-30. to 30. I just don't have a lot of faith in LSU's defense. I don't care if it is in Baton Rouge. No, but that quarterback sure as hell can't throw the football. So I don't remember – did I? You picked first last time, so I forced myself into picking you first forced for the Iron into Bowl. For, Alabama at Auburn. Ugh. And you set me up with that comment about not ever picking against Nebraska there. I'm going to have to be honest here and say Alabama 37, Auburn 24. Woof optimistic terry is very optimistic hashtag optimistic terry that's my he, version he, of not picking it up not picking he's already he, he's already typing bama in for me because he knows the deal it's going to be <laughs> roll tied all day big time defense great play from milrow you're going to silence the crowd after that first initial surge from auburn and alabama's going to run away with this in the fourth quarter uh 38 10 bama all right, let's go back up to the Big Ten. We've got Wisconsin at Minnesota. You go first. Wisconsin uh, played a great football game against Nebraska. So did Minnesota. Both these teams are even, but I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Wisconsin. I like the way they played their running game. I like the way their defense was. They are uh, traveling, but this one's going to be another close one, I think, Terry. 23-20 Wisconsin. Okay. Let's see. This is at Minnesota. I'm going to pick the home team here. I'm going to pick the home team. These are two defensive teams. I'm going to pull it down a little bit for you. 17-10, Minnesota. All right. Florida, Florida State. Florida State. The backup ball. Against the Gators, the backup bowl. Who knows what we're going to see here? I'm going to go first, I guess, this time. Oh, this one's tough. I have not thought this through here. I still got to pick the Seminoles here. You know, I believe when you talk about the teams, Florida State's got a better team. And I think the loss of Florida's quarterback doesn't affect them as much as Florida State's loss, but 
even with that being a drop down more than than Florida's, I think the rest of the team's just so much better. So I'm going to go Florida State 28, Florida 20. I got Florida State as well, and I've got them 31 to 17. All right. So now, Clemson at South Carolina, two teams that are um, inconsistent at best. Um, You know, South Carolina just beat Kentucky. Clemson has looked bad. They have looked good. But ever since Tyler called into the radio show, Clemson's shown up. What do we got here? I think what you see is Clemson go ahead and walks into Columbia and just drum South Carolina. Uh, I've got this one, Terry, 34-13. Go Tigers. Okay, well, I'm going to go 31-23 Clemson. I'm going for close games. I'm hoping for close games, man. You really you look at my column. I've got a lot of blowouts on there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm begging for good games in rivalry week. Okay, North Carolina at North Carolina State. Both teams have been good at times. Both teams haven't been great at times. Let's go NC State with this one. You know, uh, I just don't I don't have a lot of confidence in North Carolina. So let's go NC State 24, North Carolina 21. NC State has been hot, Terry, hot. Time for the Lee Corso imitation. NC State has been hot. North Carolina keeps falling and failing and such. But this is the rivalry. This is the week. This is the time. And not so fast, sweetheart. We're going with the Tar Heels, North Carolina. Beats North Carolina State 31-23. All right, that is all 11 of our picks. I said 10 like three times throughout the show today, and then when we got down here, it ended up being 11, so I can't count, apparently. How about one game for every guy on the field on your side of the ball? We'll call it that. Anyway, what have we not talked about yet? I mean, we haven't talked about any more coach firings. I guess there was a firing. Um, Syracuse fired their coach. And some of these coach firings are just – there's not enough coaches to fill the expectations of the fan bases and the and the, and the guys running the place. I just – They're really I impatient, really, really impatient fan bases. And – I mean, you know, I come from the inevitable task of of being a Nebraska fan, and we talk about it almost every week, if not every week. (laughs) Devaney, Osborne, Solich. Mm -hmm. Devaney had a better win-loss record than Osborne. He just didn't do it as long. Yeah. So that's why Osborne got the football field named after him, and the number one volleyball team in the country plays at the Devaney Center. They're also undefeated, by the way. Uh, And they get to play big shot rival on Friday. They're playing Wisconsin. So hopefully they can get the sweep done. It took them five to beat them the last time. But Nebraska currently has the number one volleyball team in the country. They've had the number one football team in the country for 40 years. Or, you know, they were in the top five rankings. They were number one so many weeks. Um, 
I'm gonna and crack open been the um, Auburn equestrian team. You keep bragging about volleyball. <laughs> Dude, the, the problem is volleyball is five time national champions, too. Yeah. They don't hate. And oh, they I'm just won hate. the big ten they just won the Big Ten title. So um and they did it they did it against unlike our beloved Huskers. Uh they did it I think they beat eight top twenty five teams four of which were top 10 teams. So, you know, it's a good for them, good for volleyball. But my point was we've had four coaches since, yeah. and the patience isn't there. It's only been 25 years or six years since Nebraska won a national title. You would have thought it's been 100. I mean, really, it's just – it is what it is. But the Syracuse job, there's no draw there. If the coach is doing a good job, I don't know why you fire him. Well, we want to go a different direction. We think this, we think that. Okay, great. But who the hell are you going to get to come to Syracuse? Southern Canada, lake effect snow, no money from the boosters and compared to what you see down south in the ACC. I don't I don't know why you do that. And by the way, Syracuse is a basketball team. As Terry, I'm going to start using that because I really like it. Yeah. But Syracuse is a basketball team. I mean, they had mellow for Pete's sake. It was 20 years ago. Oh. They had mellow. <laughs> I think Auburn lost by one point in the Sweet 16 to that team. Yeah. Oh. And they went on to win the national championship. And they did. Yeah. I was in college at that point. Oh. But that's what that's what I'm getting at, Terry, is they, uh, you know, great, great basketball team. They really yeah. were. And, and it did, we joke about it, you know, obviously, but – um the coach firing is going to get real serious this weekend mm -hmm. um, because they do have the transfer portal. But you talk about some guys that are going to be scrambling for coaches. And I truly think that Zook is on the hot seat – or not Zook, I said Zook. Uh, <laughs> uh, Billy Napier is on the hot seat in Florida. Uh, reports Chip Kelly's on the hot seat at UCLA. I don't know if he is. So there were reports, but, you know, he came out – um, they showed out a little bit, so I'm not sure that that's the case. The latest I've heard is like, um, that, that he'll be okay. Um, I don't know. Well, and they've rumored, uh, we didn't talk about it with the Nebraska talk. Matt rule has supposedly been reported as being a candidate for the A&M job. That would be, I don't know that. I don't know that he's flashy enough for A&M. I, I really don't. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on. It's like I, I think I agree with Mississippi State just because they, you know, they ran into one of those, um, you know, obviously they had the worst situation where Mike Leach died, right? So very unexpected. They didn't have to fire anybody, but they had to figure something out. Very unexpected death of a, a good head coach, probably the best head coach they've had. Very long time, at least. And other than maybe Mullen, I mean, but right in a in a long time, right. But um, they had to pull something together, and once you do that, then your fan base kind of backs somebody. Well, they're not always the right guy, and it's very tough when the fans love a guy to to not hire him. Like you know, Auburn ran into that with Cadillac Williams, um, coaching the last few games last year. Nebraska with Mickey were, Mickey Joseph last year. Yeah, it's because they tough. fired Frost, who was their son, and that's Nebraska's favorite son. 
Right. And they fired him. And then Mickey Joseph, who was also a quarterback at Nebraska, takes over and they actually won four games under Joseph, you know? So, yeah. Um, so Mississippi anyway, State, they'll probably hire, you know, we talked, we joked about the Liberty coach um, retweeting something from Starkville. But that'll be the likes of who they hire, a yeah, Jerry Kill, that's, the Liberty they coach, know. somebody yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, they know who they're after. Um, but then, like, Arkansas decided, you know, we've got a guy that we want to give another chance to, and we don't want to pull the trigger too quickly. They could have gotten embarrassed and said, we got to get rid of him, but there's a lot of competition. I mean, at what level of coach do you look for here? Because you've got Texas A&M looking for a new coach, Mississippi yeah. State looking for a new coach. Um, there's going to be the, a big what's bunch the draw of, of Fayetteville, Arkansas? Right, you know? exactly. Um, I don't know. At versus College Station, other than the money. That's the one advantage that A&M has over everybody. Right. Because they can't, they can't beat their chest on a win-loss record. They can't beat their chest on recruiting. They can't beat their chest on, you know, bowl games or, like you've said, Terry, national titles, conference championships, anything but like they've that. They've got money, that's for sure. But they got a damn checkbook. That is, you are right. Cause like you say, like nobody last else, week, they got the 12th man donation of a hundred and whatever million. And the yeah. next day, fire Jimbo and get prepared to cut. Because uh, didn't they have to pay him like half up front or a third? Anyway, they had to pay 19 him a million big amount or something of money within, yeah, I to don't know. start with, and yeah. then they've got to start making seven the million other a year after that. Yeah, or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. They pay him the it full a, amount, <laughs> but, but it was a significant no amount of money up yeah. front. Is what I'm saying. It yeah. was a significant amount of money up front. They laugh at that with that check, though. It was 160 something million dollars, and they're going to pay out 75 million to him. They're going to have nearly 100 million left over. Mm-hmm. from that check and let's face it a&m doesn't have a whole lot of else in sports they really don't they just they don't they um occasionally they'll have a decent basketball team uh baseball a little bit but they don't you know right. they're not really they're, and that's the other thing they're not really known as a sports university right but they got all that money exactly so we'll see you know uh i imagine we'll see a lot of um coordinators fired you know i imagine auburn's going to fire some coordinators maybe both of them um and we'll see what happens there um let me ask you though and i didn't mean to interrupt you did he inherit them or did he bring them with he brought them in i don't know that they were both with him at liberty um but they got hired in Uh, yeah you know cadillac got kept because, you know, like I said, the fan base really liked Cadillac. He's a good recruiter. He's pretty good coach. A um, couple of other position coaches were kept. Um, I can't remember his name, but the defensive back coach, McGriff, he was kept, but he has since left for personal reasons or something. So uh, there's a little bit of that. Some were kept. A lot of them left. He brought in coordinators. So it was pretty fresh, but it might be fresh again next year. I think he's going to have to own the offense. You know, we'll see what they do, but there's some definite changes coming. Well, Freeze's best teams for him is the play caller. So yeah. with with Rule, he he got rid of everybody. They cleaned house. Yeah. 
So, all right. Well, a, a different perspective, I guess. So a big week coming up. We picked these eleven games. You made fun of some of them. You, you know, who knows? Lane might go to Starkville and stink it up in the Egg Bowl. The Lane Train, baby. <laughs> Allegedly, I I saw a vote. You want to wrap things up? I saw a vote on where Lane should go next, or who should be the next coach at Alabama. Lane Kiffin won the vote. Yeah, I just what big game has he won? That's my question. Yeah, I don't big know game, of a big Lane. game. I just haven't seen it. Um, I also well, I like too. Well, he won a lot of big games as a coordinator for Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> as did everybody else, right? As did everybody else. But I think that, um, I mean, Lane is, you know, I think he's great, but um, we've talked about it. If he finishes 9-2 and two or 10-2, and because um, he lost to Alabama and Georgia, if he finishes 10-2, and because they won this past weekend, didn't they? I'm sure they did. Who Ole Miss? Who did Ole Miss play this week? They definitely won. They yeah. definitely won. Um, but if Ole Miss, if they finish eleven and or ten and two, yeah, they played nobody. Is who they played? But oh yeah, yeah, because they had that same bullshit Cupcake game, and they week. had yeah. a yeah, yeah, it was Cupcake Week. So they won. They definitely won. But anyway, if they finish ten and two, and they beat LSU now, mm-hmm. um. And they pulled it out against A&M. Um, yeah. And they played close with Bama, but not not at all with Georgia. Right. Um, I think in in at Ole Miss, because I don't even know what town it is in, but at Ole Miss. Oxford. In Oxford. Uh, that's right. I should have known that. Anyway, I think at Ole Miss, a 10-win season is nothing to scream, shout, cry, right. Wine and quite frankly, who the fuck are you gonna get to go there to win more than ten games? There's a lot of that. That's a lot of response. It's like these schools need to realize that. Like, um, there's not that many. Like everybody thinks that they can get Urban Meyer to come coach their football team. You know? Yeah. It's like, but look who he selected. He he went from Bowling Green to Utah, mm-hmm. but then he went to Florida. Mm-hmm. And when he decided to get back into coaching, it was Ohio State. It wasn't like he was playing for teams that he right. had to completely rebuild and that sort of thing. And when he was at Utah, he had this guy named Alex Smith at quarterback. Yeah. Who turned out to be a pretty good quarterback pretty that good. year, Terry. Pretty good quarterback. Yeah. yeah. You know? And some defensive mind named uh, Winningham. I think he's still the coach there at Utah. Has been since 2005. But, you know. Or six. You can double Unheard check me of. on that if you want. Yeah. Nope. Who's that guy? But no, <laughs> seriously, that's that's it. I mean, you know, we want to replace Lane Kiffin. I'm just spinning reality, talking about Oxford. We want to replace Lane Kiffin. He only won nine games last year. He's won ten games this year. Okay. So if you don't want Lane here, who has a coaching pedigree and a lot of head coaching experience between USC, Tennessee, and here. Who can we get to play in the West, which is no longer matters, I guess, but in the conference, because that's the thing. Um, you can be one loss Alabama and two loss or no loss Georgia. You're still number three old miss at two losses. Yeah. On the outside of the championship game. 
There's no so winning my, the weaker but, division anymore. No, and that's what I was saying about the Big Ten West is all of a sudden things got because quite frankly, we should get to see or we should get to see Ohio State and Michigan this week and get to see them next week because they're the best two teams in the conference. And yeah. it's not even close. It's right. not even close. That's exactly but yeah, exactly how because of the divisions, we've we've we're gonna get Iowa instead, you know. So um no, I mean, and other than that, it's gonna be a great week. It's Thanksgiving. It I is. got 14 ounces. I got 14 ounces. Hello. We need more than that. I got 14 pounds of prime rib sitting in my refrigerator. We are ready to rock and roll because as Ron Swanson said, I have a permit. That's why I have prime rib at <laughs> dinner instead of turkey. And uh I'm and I say I'm a grown ass man and I do what I want, as you know, Terry. So we're having prime rib, all the all the traditional Thanksgiving sides at my house, sir. But with prime rib instead of turkey and ham. So there you go. Well, I'm going to go to my mama's house. She's going to cook most of it. I'll make a couple of pies. We'll watch some football all weekend. We'll talk about who's going to be, who's definitely going to be in the championship games. We'll know that next week. We'll obviously pick all those, even the ones we don't know much about, you know, the lesser ones. Uh, We'll talk about all the coach firings. There talk will be about, a lot, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. we'll talk about and one thing. You know, we'll, we'll start talking about that next layer. Um, we don't really focus on recruiting a lot, but these coach firings are really going to impact that. You're going to have transfer portal. You're going to have these five-star guys that are going to flip based on a coach not being there. A lot of things changes with that. You, you have to sacrifice some of your recruiting sometimes when you fire these coaches. Um, it's a big commitment. You know, we'll see what happens. College football's a changing. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for this week. I'm ready for next week, and I'm ready for bowl season. It's been fun. You got any final thoughts to wrap us up here, sir? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. See you next week. Thank you for listening. We are TNA Top 10 on all social media. I'm T Weave 79. He's 30, your fan. We're available weekly where you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, and share. Thank you.